Love Talk Radio. This show is dedicated to my mother and father. From beginning to end, we'll always love you. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports, news, and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone could ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. Now, it's time, here's Sonny Clark. Working man in sports radio, as we are here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is a Sunday morning. It's that being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues as we are in 2019 and our 10th season. Not that this is our seventh episode. Last week, Sunny was visiting family, so uh, instead of making a bunch of noise on a Sunday morning and waking the whole family up, I decided that. Eh, Maybe we shouldn't do this. So, and plus, I was tired. Um, uh, lots of things that we were doing, as far as that was concerned. So, we decided to give the old heave ho to the show last week. But here we are, you, you know, uh, up and running and feeling good. By the way, whenever you go on a vacation or you're doing something, yeah, have you know, just a habit of wearing yourself out while you're there. So, um, so I'm finally caught back up. It took three days to get over that. It t- took me three days to get used to being up so late uh, over in Arizona, thinking that, you know, remembering the time zone is two hours. And if I go to bed at two o'clock in the morning over there, I'm going to bed at four o'clock in the morning. That's just not Sonny Clark's bag. Um, his Sonny Clark needs sleep, and that's where you know that's just the way it is. But that having been said, oh look who we got here! No, it is the fine co-host of this program on a Sunday morning, and a busy man himself. It's Quervo on a Sunday morning. Welcome in. How you doing, my friend? I'm well, Sonny, and I'm on time for once. How about that? I know, fashionably on time. You had the tie on and everything. I'm impressed. So, you know, here you are <laughs> swinging right in. Yeah, well, I mean, the uh, the, the morning task of the high and tight is complete. So, yeah. uh, no excuses, right? Hey, why not? Let's see. And, and listen, <laughs> now, normally, for the folks that listen to the show, normally – Everybody knows we do this off the top of our head. Sometimes Sonny, when he sits down on a Sunday morning, he hasn't even looked at the news all week, been listening, but really didn't really jump into it. That having been said, that is not the case here today. Um, We actually did on one topic that we'll be talking about, I gave him a little notice on. Now, I didn't tell him anything except for what we're what we're going to do as far as that's concerned. So he is caught up. So, you know, he can maybe put Sonny in his place or agree with Sonny or whatever the case may be. But we only did it on one subject, um, and we will get to that subject uh, as far as that is concerned and what's going on as far as what the show is all about today. But before we get to that, okay, I want to get to my locals here because a big, big story broke just a couple of days ago, 
And it, it, it is a big deal because there's a lot of money, potential money involved with it. But Demarcus Lawrence, he has the long-term contract that he was desiring. But here's the thing, and I, I wish we were on air because I was talking to my brother about this, you know, before. So I can at least say I, you know, I got some backup that I made mention of this. I, I said, they better get this deal done quick because he's got to go under the knife. Um, before he even starts this season, and we're talking about a four- to six-month stretch on recovery. And if they prolong this contract negotiation, this is gonna, it, it, it could be week two or three within the regular season. So the Dallas Cowboys finally reached the five-year, $105 million contract. Again, most of you know, a lot of it being set up in front. Uh, on that, as far as that's concerned, he's got. I forget the number. How much is guaranteed, Cuervo? Do you know that number off the top of your head? Was it in the 30s or was it in the 60s? It was in the 60s, actually. It was 65 million, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, if we know Jerry Jones the way we do, Sonny, it was it was high up there. Especially, I mean, you know, the the, the traditional cowboy way is they're not going to re-sign somebody that they don't want to keep around. Guys, they want to keep around. They're going to pay him handsomely. So, uh, I can I I can attempt to pull that up right now. I got I'm, it. Uh, I, I'm, I, I got it. I just I was looking at a different a different thing. Um, but here it is. It is a, a, a by just the way he's got a twenty five million dollars signing bonus. Okay, um, so that that is huge uh, as far that's as that's nice. concerned. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, but. $65 million of it also is guaranteed. So he guaranteed bringing home Cuervo, you know, 85, or mark that, uh, of that money, $90 million of it is going to end up in his pocket. So you think about this. Back in 2019, this is, this is a, uh, or in 2019, this is a dude that was making $1.5 million. Okay, he got a signing bonus of five million, so he was at six and a half million bucks. Um, so that having been said, of course, he got a four million dollar roster uh, bonus. So you look at the numbers; he was about eleven million in home pocket. But as far as base salary, one point five million next year. It's going to be sixteen point nine million base salary, and then the signing bonus. In reality, is broken up. Uh, in but it's the signing bonus is guaranteed if he stays as long as they want him to. Uh, they break up that five. Uh, they break it up in five million each year. So in reality, he is going to bring home twenty one point. Uh, mark that. Let me see twenty one point nine million. So uh, you know it. A big uh, uh, no wait I'm doing the uh, twenty close to twenty two million dollars which is what he won he won that big number and and let's just put it this way the Dallas Cowboys lose this guy um, someone is going to pay him that money um, so in reality you got to keep a guy if that is your guy and the Dallas Cowboys like you said you know rarely keep guys they don't want. And let's see here. Cuervo, you might be on mute. Let me hit that button there. No, I lost Cuervo. He'll be back. But but that that's the number. That's where we're at. And Cuervo will be coming back. So there's big numbers here for, for the Dallas Cowboys. But they're numbers that need to be done. Now, 
That having been said, of course, that's the name of this show. Okay, the Dallas Cowboys don't have a draft pick until round number two. They do not have a first rounder unless they're going to make the move and move up. So the Dallas Cowboys have got some work to do. And normally Sonny Clark is on the offensive lineman, but if they're not going to get a pick until the second round in reality, uh, this is a football team, unless an offensive lineman that they see or want or have some major interest drops to the second round, then maybe you grab them up. But in the second round, this is a football team that will probably go defense, probably right there in the secondary, maybe a corner. There's uh, Cuervo. He is back. But the Dallas Cowboys definitely have to shore up a little bit upon that defense because for the last two years, I'll just put it out there. They've been playing above and beyond what their talent level is in reality, which is what you want in reality too, Cuervo. But uh, you still need to fill some holes. Safety is a big issue for the, uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. I almost said rallied Eagles. Um, but, uh, but if you're going, if you're not going to get a pick until the second round, Cuervo, I, I, I am all for the Dallas Cowboys going defensively, but if they jump into that first round, they better jump after an offensive lineman if they got someone in mind. Of course, you got Tyron Smith who's breaking down, and that is an area that they really need to cover. It is, Sonny. You know, I mean, I think you're right, though. After the first round, if they don't have a, if they don't have a pick, I mean, I think defense is definitely because. There's a there's a huge talent pool of defensive players in the draft yep. this year. You know, I don't think they'll have a problem finding somebody in the second round. But yeah, if they can find their way into the first round, you definitely got to go all line. Especially you got to place you got to replace Travis Frederick. We've been saying that for ever since the news came out about his his uh, health. Well, that that having been said, Cuervo, of course, that's the name of this show, and that's what we all talk about as far as that's concerned. Let me give you a quick update. I'm going to topple this one um, as it was announced last week, which we didn't get the opportunity to talk about. Frederick has come out and said that he's going to be ready for next year. So that, that will still be a question. The Dallas Cowboys definitely need to back this guy up. Um, in reality, uh, but now they have a guy that they used last year, obviously. Uh, so he might move to the second uh, second string or move him on the offensive line, uh, depending on how versatile that he is. But if Travis Frederick comes back like he says that he thinks that he'll be able to do, that will that will definitely increase the offensive line. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that. In order for the Dallas Cowboys to be successful, they need that offensive line to work as a cohesive unit or they will have a long year. Now, just not to play spoiler, I got the Dallas Cowboys. I said it last, you know, before the, you know, Super Bowl was over. The Dallas Cowboys are probably going to win this division unless some major moves that can be made. The Giants are irrelevant. The Washington Redskins are, you know, a basket cage. And then the only team they really got to compete against are the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Um, And depending if Carson Wentz can keep himself healthy for a whole year, that could be a task. So you you look at this, the Dallas Cowboys definitely need to shore up that offensive line. So Dak Press can continue being the uh, franchise quarterback that he is going to be and going to be paid for um, in in reality here, whether it's uh, it's later on before training uh, camp or somewhere uh, next season. 
Exactly. So excuse the, the noise in the background. I'm going through the truck wash right now. But, yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think but that, first of all, Dak Prescott has not gotten paid yet, but he will be very soon. And, you know, I think when that, when that day comes that they have to pay Dak Prescott, that's when the Dallas Cowboys are going to look around and say, well, uh, we don't have much money left. Uh, are we going to, you know, sign Dak, or are we going to? How are we going to keep Zeke now? Because don't forget, they they got drafted the same year, so they're going to have to both get paid at the same time. So how is that going to work? Well, that's a good point. But here's what I'm going to tell you: uh, Zeke is one of those guys that would be put on the back burner, at least in my personal opinion. I could be wrong, of course. I I have been known to be wrong on this show. But listen, the Dallas Cowboys have been very easy with with running backs, okay? Last time they paid a running back big money outside their rookie contract, uh, that was a total disaster for them. I can't, his name is not coming to mind, um, but I will find, that, find his name. But it was a total disaster for them. So Zeke is definitely that product. Where is Zeke in reality as far as the, the priorities for the Dallas Cowboys? Could this be another Le'Veon Bell kind of thing, and he'll want demand money that the Dallas Cowboys are not going to be willing to give to him, and they just write out his rookie contract, which they can and have done in the past, uh, and then grab up, another, or grab up another rookie in the draft. That's just what they do. They've done it, and uh, so uh, – and – the running back position in reality uh, for the Dallas Cowboys outside of Zeke has really been non-existent, um, but they've made the playoffs without the, that quote-unquote marquee running back. So, um, you know, I, that's going to get paid first in reality uh, because who, who's easier to replace? Is it going to be a franchise quarterback or a franchise running back? And that, that one's just a too simple of a question to answer. Well, for us it is, but I think for <laughs> for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they they have to, like I said, I mean, they're just going to have to figure out how they're going to keep both of these guys because they're both going to demand a lot of money. I mean, they're 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 all pros at both of their positions, so you know they just signed Demarcus Lawrence. Um, you know, who knows if. Are they, you know, are they going to decide to keep Amari Cooper? Like, all three of those guys are going to have to think about what they're going to do, uh, you know, as far as re-signing them and whatnot. I mean, I, I could be wrong on Amari Cooper. I mean, he might be locked in already on a contract. He's locked but... in for at least one year. Long-term, no, but he's locked in at least one more year. Well, I mean, that's the same thing for, for uh, Prescott and, and uh, Zeke Elliott, so – you know, all three of these guys are going to have to get looked at next year. Um, so I think I think between Zeke and Amari Cooper, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to make a very, very tough choice. And if the Cowboys were smart, all right, now that, that, I know that may be a lot to say, Sonny, but if the Cowboys were smart, obviously you're going to you're going to lock Dak Prescott in. That, there's no question about that. So he he's going to be he's going to be the first one to get taken care of. Then you got Zeke and you got Amari Cooper. Well, you know, I mean, what 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 is what is today's game consist of? It's, it's, it's a passing league, right? Quarterback driven. Yep. You want to have a receiver that 
plays now. With that being said, you like we've and we've had this discussion before. You look at the past Super Bowl winners, and you don't really see a superstar wide receiver on those teams. So, is Amari Cooper really worth keeping around? That's why I think personally, I think Zeke Elliott might be the choice. Uh, but I also think that Zeke Elliott has to really prove that his conduct is where it needs to be because, I mean, he's had a few incidents already in, you know, in the NFL so far during his you know, first four years in the NFL. So I think, I think he needs to prove this year that he can go another whole season without any type of, uh, you know, newsworthy things. Uh, in a negative light, and if he can do that, then I think I think the Dallas Cowboys have their answer as far as you know whether they're going to keep Zeke or they're going to keep Amari Cooper. So I don't expect Amari Cooper to be a Dallas Cowboy much longer. So that's that's basically what I'm getting at. That that will all depend on whether or not he'll play him. Now, just to give you an idea of the way the contracts are working, okay? Uh, Dak was a fourth-round pick in 2016. Zeke was a first-round draft pick in 2016. So the team have a fifth-year option on him, all right? Uh, so just to let you know, that that's the reason why Dak's going to get paid uh, before Zeke is, because it's only uh, four years and uh, four um for Zeke, it's you know almost six or fifth year. So you got four years for Dak. You have five years for Zeke since he's a first rounder because they have that option. Um, so that having been said, that's the reason why Dak Prescott's going to get paid first. But there's you know there's also another reason why if you're going to give Dak an extension, okay, over Zeke, the price tag on the market for the running backs it's pretty much set with you know Gurley on with the 57 million and Le'Veon Bell with the 52 million. So you already know what that number is going to be for Zeke. However, when it comes to quarterbacks and the way things that are going to be going and how the quarterback stock is going to be going off. If you actually franchise tag the quarterback, you're talking some big, 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 let me just say that again, big bucks. Um, and so the Cowboys want to get in the long-term you know, plan with Dak Prescott before the price of the uh, quarterback starts and keeps going up. So that's the reason why I'm surprised they haven't moved up on this uh, because you're going to have some big time contracts coming out with Russell Wilson. You know, if you if you right now Russell Wilson's only being paid 21 million, this guy's going to be close to 30 million. Do you really want, as the Dallas Cowboys, to pay a Dak Prescott that that kind of money? I don't think so. That's why I think you wrap him up, you give him a big number, and get him all squared away and set and ready to go. But, uh, but as far as the percentages and what's going on, just to give you an idea of what's going on, um, the the numbers as far as quarterbacks right now, Cuervo, you're talking twenty five, twenty six million dollars, and I don't think the quarterback, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys want to get up to $30 million with Dak Prescott. I think they want to be comfortable around the $26, $27 million number and save some money there. Well, you're right, Sonny. I don't think they want to get into the $30 million range, but I'll tell you, it's probably going to happen. And I'm going to tell you why it's going to happen. It's going to happen because Dak Prescott's going to have a monster season. Why is he going to have a monster season? Because he's going to, he's going to, you know, 
play for that thirty million bucks. And, yeah. and that and that's what everybody does, Sonny. It's a contract year for him, so he's gonna play lights out. And and they're gonna say, Wow, boy, what an impressive season. Now we need to make him the highest paid player in, in, in uh, highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Jerry's going to be st- sitting there with what does he drink? Scotch, whiskey? Which one yeah, is it? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a Scotch and bourbon man. Yeah, so he's going to be like, hey, you're right. We need to make him the highest paid quarterback. <laughs> so they're yeah. going to turn around and they're going to give him that thirty million bucks. And you know what he's going to do in 2020? He's going to stink it up. Not yeah. totally. But he's going to stay. The encore performance is going to be very, very. It's going to be very luck or lackluster, you know. So that's that. I can very well see that scenario playing out. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys have got a lot of contract things that they've got to look at. They also, you know, and listen. Also, just to let everybody know, especially right here in the Dallas area, just because the Dallas Cowboys don't have a number uh, first-round draft pick don't mean that they won't by the end of the night. Okay? So always remember that because if the Dallas Cowboys have their mind on somebody, and and I'll I'll go as recent as Travis Travis Frederick. That was a reach where they grabbed him up because Frederick was a late second-round draft pick prediction, and they grabbed him up in the first round. They are not afraid to jump up to get the guy that they want in fear that someone may be thinking ahead of them. The problem is most don't because Fredericks would have went in that second round. Now, did it turn out great for the Dallas Cowboys? Absolutely. Travis Frederick is a stud. Um, and if he's back in the lineup for him, he will be a stud yet again. That having been said, though, if they've got their eyes on somebody and they want them, don't be surprised that the Dallas Cowboys jumps in that first round there, Cuervo. No, it doesn't surprise me either. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys have always been known to be a team that love, they love to roll the dice. Uh, you know, they love to – I mean, they're the Dallas Cowboys. They, they, they love to be the center of the spotlight. You know, I mean, they, they want to be the center of attention. And draft night is no exception at all. I mean, that, that, that's actually one of the big nights, you know, for NFL teams. And, I mean, look what they did when they, they went up and they got Zeke Elliott or when they drafted Zeke Elliott. They didn't move up to get him. But, uh, but I mean, obviously when they went and they drafted Des Bryant, I think they, I think they did trade to get him, if I remember right. So, I mean, the Dallas Cowboys will be – as long as Jerry Jones is the owner, Sonny – the Dallas Cowboys will be, you know, the team that we know now, which is, you know, grabbing the, you know, the spotlight and and finding ways to to wow us uh, in in different situations, whether it's paying big bucks for a player or trading to get a certain player, um, whatever the case may be. Uh, that, that's just the Dallas Cowboy way. They're it's very it's a very flashy uh, persona that they have. So, if, if Dallas moves up in the first round, it would not surprise me one bit. Now, who are they going to trade? Who are they going to trade into the first round to grab up? That's going to be the question. And you know, you look at the draft board; not a whole lot of flashy type players. So, I don't know if you know if maybe if they did it, you know, they were actually smart about this one. They'll go up and they'll grab an actual need that they have whether it's 
you know, like you said earlier, secondary help, uh, you know, I mean, obviously offensive line. Look, I know Travis Frederick, you're saying he's going to be back, and that's great. Uh, I, I, I really hope, I wish the best for him. I really do. But is, he, is, is his health going to allow him to play, you know, a, a starter's worth of 16 games? Stuff happening uh, as far as that's concerned. You know, the Dallas Cowboys, of course, they're always players at any given point of the season, especially in the offseason. You can never count them out for certain guys that they're going to do. That having been said, uh, some other news that happened as we weren't on the air last year um, and before we jump into a topic that we did kind of, well, I can't even say collaborated on. I just told you what we're going to do and uh, so you can have the heads up. I want to talk a little bit about the AAF. And I hate to say that I told you so. If you've listened to this show, okay, knowing what I know. Now, granted, the folks that don't know off the top of their head, I am the uh, director of operations of Champions Indoor Football. Okay, this is a league that's been around for a long time, uh, going back to the leagues that they were before they uh, merged with another. Uh, and I've been a part of indoor football for many, many years, uh, but really getting the idea of the behind the scenes of what goes on for the last three years. Uh, knowing what I know, knowing that I see these spring leagues pop up all the time and then they dissipate, it just happened yet again. But this time there were some big names involved with it, which is my point of the whole thing on what I was talking about. And we talked about this when uh, there were um, questions of whether or not Terrell Owens was going to be a part of it and things that, or another league that they're going to do. And as soon as checks had to be cut, now they were cut for some time. They played for eight weeks. Um, so that having been said, checks were cut. And then the money reality of what was going on compared to what was actually coming in, there was no choice but the AAF to go down. Now, I hate to be the guy to say I told you so, but I told you so. And, and here's the thing. They can talk about whether or not they want players to be up and ready and fresh and ready to go, but it doesn't matter. It's the NFL. They'll find the players, and if they don't find the players in college, they'll find them off the street. They've done it before, and guess what? They still play football. So the fact of the matter is a minor league portion for the NFL in the quote-unquote AAF, it wasn't going to work because of contracts and uh, contracts that are out there, the Players Association not being a part of it. I knew this thing was on the, the voyage of the Titanic before it even started, but yet here we go. We're seeing some guys that were talented are being picked up. The Browns picked up a quarterback, uh, you know, uh, played in this league as well. Uh, some other teams, two AAF players signed um, also uh, with some other teams as well. So, you know, even though they suspended operations and everybody, especially Bapolian's a little bit upset about it because that's kind of his baby, um, there will be some talent that come out of it, but folks, don't go wild, okay? There will be about five or six only in reality that will probably be picked up, um, you know, as far as names and stuff like that. But 
That having been said, at least they have a bigger pool to look at this year, Cuervo, because they had, I, I forget, I think it was eight teams. So they had eight teams at eight different divi- uh, um, positions to look at. So they'll probably get the first look this year. But after that, you know, it, it's back to business as usual for the NFL. Yeah, and it always is, Sonny. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was kind of – I was I was rooting for the the AAF to work out. I really was, and I and I thought it could. I thought it had potential for it to work. You know, for maybe a season or two, and then maybe it fizzles away or whatever. But um, but I actually did believe in it because of who was investing into it, how much was being invested into it. So I thought that you know maybe maybe it'll work for a little while. I didn't expect it to to go under, not even before the first season ended. They only got through eight games out of ten, I think it is, that their season was going to be. So they almost made it through the first, their first regular season. But, um, yeah, I've just, I just kind of heard some of the background about what happened. and It kind of just sounds to me like promises were being made before they could even be promises, if that, yep. if that makes any sense. Um, so it kind of made me, it kind of makes me wonder, like, was it, was it all a money grab? Was it a gimmick? Like what was really the intent behind creating this, this league? Um, and I, I just find it hard to believe that people were, were, you know, making it a, or that it was a scam because of, because of who was involved in it. So I, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously you work, you work behind the scenes in a, in a football league, and I don't, so I don't know the operational uh, details behind what it takes to make it to make it work. But whatever whatever it takes, the AF didn't get it right. So, um, yep, you know it's unfortunate. You know there was opportunity for some guys to make a name for themselves, and like you said, a couple of them did actually sign with an NFL team. But for those, for for ninety percent of them that that are not going to get a look. Um, you know, that was their opportunity and, and because promises, like I said, promises that were made before they they could even be uh, promises, I mean, it, it, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, and here's the bad thing about this whole thing. And, and I, I, I'm going to feel sorry a little bit for the player here, okay? Because now they are getting eviction notices because they put them up. They give them room and board. Uh, so uh, they're getting eviction notices, being kicked out of their places where they live, uh, being stranded, being told that they got paid for their own airline ticket to get back home. There's a lot of things that are happening in this monstrosity of the crash of this league. Um, but going back to what you said, Cuervo, You know, I knew this was going to be a problem from the get-go, and I knew it wasn't going to make it when we heard about players not getting paid on time. Now, and you can call me a pessimist all day long, and I will go ahead and I'll take that title. But I'm a pessimist for a reason, especially when it comes to this kind of thing, because I've seen it all over the place in the indoor leagues, okay? You know, granted – 
Sonny loves him some indoor football. In fact, I went to a Rattlers uh, Sioux Falls Storm game when I was in Arizona outside of my league. I just love indoor football. It was actually the first game I actually sat down and watched where I didn't have to have any responsibilities of watching. I just could enjoy the game. Um, but here's what I know is, is that you've got to have the stuff ready to go. And if you don't have the finances set and ready to go before you even start, whether it's you know a business or a sports league or whatever the case may be, if you don't have at least the money up front, why even start this? And the AAF did not have the money. They did not have the sponsorship, did not have the money, did not have all this stuff in play before they even took one snap out on the football field, which was the problem. Now, if you want to back it and have the financial backing before you hit the field, that's exactly what you should do within these leagues. Or you start up a league that is a starter league and then see if you can build on it. But, the problem is you have to make a decision after the first year if you want to continue you know, sucking money into it. Just an idea, just on our level, if you have a football team, you've got to be ready to be able to lose close to 300 to a half a million dollars each year until the third year before you might break even for that season. And then you can grind away at some of the money that you lost from the first three years and put yourself in a profitability area. This thing had no way of making it because of the fact that this was a league where they had teams all over the country. If they would have set this thing up on the East coast Cuervo, I'm going to tell you, I think they would have survived even without that funding because you take away a big portion of things that are going on, which is travel. And if they would have put that around the New York area, Cuervo, within two, two to 300 miles, you have teams in Philadelphia, New York, Albany, Rhode, all those areas up, and it's a bus trip away. Um, instead, they were playing thousands and thousands of dollars to the uh, – travel not only that not saying that the players didn't deserve it they were playing paying an astronomical amount of money to the players so that having been said a combination of a couple of things could have left this thing up if they would have made this thing regional Cuervo it would still be up and running and it would and we would be talking about them going into their playoffs but the fact that they weren't set and ready to go with the 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 potential side of what this league could be, especially across the country. I think they made a huge mistake in doing that, and that's the reason why they're in the position that they are in today, of course, not hitting the field. Well, so you say regional, Sonny. I mean, how how close are we talking here? Are we talking like maybe spread out between three different states, two different states, maybe keep it in one one state, like, I guess that that's my question because I, I really want to understand how, you know, like I said, I mean, it, it's just, it's just crazy because, you know, CBS had a part in this, um, you know, obviously big time, big names were involved, uh, you know, and we're talking about successful NFL executives. Okay. Not, mm-hmm. yep. not no, oh, yeah. big names. You know, not not Cuervo. You know, like I'm, I'm, I mean, I've I've never dealt associated with the NFL at all. Like I'm talking like big time names, and so, and plus you had a you had a TV, you had a, a television uh, 
I guess, contract or however you want to say it, uh, included in this whole thing as well. So there was there was revenue from a major, major uh, television network that was, you know, paying you to broadcast these games as well, uh, but they're also paying CBS to broadcast. I don't know, however that works, but the point I'm making is there were a lot of major companies, networks, uh, uh, you know, individuals involved, and you know, whatever detail was left out or whatever the case, that 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 to me is had to be what the problem was. It wasn't the fine. I don't think it was the financial aspect. That, um, but I do believe you're right. You know, you have to accept that you're going to take some losses the first couple of years, and then absolutely after after that, you know, you'll you'll start seeing the profit, but. I think maybe that's something that they didn't factor in and they just kind of assumed that they were going to start profiting right away. But, um, but that's just never how it works. So um, just look, that just said, look I mean, at what else. Just, just think about this though, Cuervo. If, if they had teams in LA, had teams in Arizona, New York, Florida, all across the country. Okay. That's not a bus Travel. ride. That's an airline. That's an airline flight. That that means chartering out airlines and things like that. That having been said, if they would have put this in a regional area up in New York City, okay, you think about New York City, Jersey's right there, Newark is right there, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Boston, Washington, Rochester, and Virginia Beach. All of those within a three hundred mile radius, those are bus rides. And the money they would have saved if they would have kept it regional, I think, is the reason why this ended up. That right there alone, you're, you're talking about a bus, uh, a bus charter more so than an airline ticket. And you're also talking about less in hotels and all this other stuff. So there's a lot of money that if they would have put that right up in the New York area and had those areas. And all of those places have stadiums, so it's not like they couldn't find a stadium. There are many stadiums over there, especially in the cities that I just mentioned. I mean, forget the fact you have New York. You also have you, – you have um, uh, uh, over in the uh, – the city is slipping my mind. It starts with the – you have Brooklyn over there as well. I mean, you, you have all kinds of stadiums all in that area, and they just – completely missed. I will tell you that when this thing started up, Cuervo, if they would have done that, I would have said, this has a chance. Now, whether or not it wouldn't or not, I wouldn't have poo-pooed it immediately like that. Um, But when they started with L.A., Arizona, uh, moving it all the way to New York, down to Florida, I I just knew what, because the numbers aren't there, and, and when you don't have that money up front from sponsorships and you think that you could gain those sponsorships as it goes on, in a league that people are not paying attention to after the second week, let's be honest, uh, because you, you can look at the numbers that even the watching went down after two weeks of the AAF after the excitement wore off. You know, it, it, it's really simple. But, again, you put it up in that area and knock it out, they would, they'd still be playing. I'm telling you right now, Cuervo, they'd still be playing, and then they could talk about it. So it was a complete fail. They had no real sense of operation. They, they, I guess they had illusions of grandeur, and their, you know, their eyes were bigger than their stomach when it came to, oh, what are we going to do to put together this quote-unquote league across this country? Yeah, no, you're right, Sonny. I mean, and, I, and I'm just as guilty as, you know, probably thousands of other people where 
I watched the first week, first two weeks, and then after that, I, I just kind of lost interest. And you know what? It, it, it's really, it's no fault to nobody, but I think nope. the reason that you're, you're never going to see a league like this work out, it's not even about the money. Yeah, they messed up and, and they tried to spread it out too far, and, and, and the travel expenses is kind of what kind of caved them in as well. But here's the thing. We are we are accustomed to the National Football League. We're talking about yep. the talented of the talented, right? The cream of the crop. When we see something less than that, who wants to watch that? Who wants and to if watch you're going to see less than that, that Cuervo, if you want to see less of that, you watch college football. There, there, there you go. And, you know, there's only one NCAA, so – it's not like you get you get other versions of NCAA college football. Like it's, there's only one. So my point is, we are so accustomed to the NFL that we don't we're not used to or we're not willing to accept anything less than yep. what the NFL yeah. gives. So again, if there's a league out there that can that can showcase more talent than the NFL. Oh, I'm interested, but if you can't do that, then just like just like everybody else, and eh, you know, yeah, you, you, I mean, come on, Garrett Gilbert is, is the starting quarterback for this football team. Nah, I'm good. Uh, I, I'd rather go watch paint dry. Like, I'm well, sorry, well, Gilbert got put. Just to let you know, not to shoot it down, Gilbert got picked up by an NFL football team, though. But I get your point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know. I'm saying I'm not. I'm I'm just. I'm just saying. I mean, when when you're when you're a, when you're let's just let's just call it what it is, Sonny. As Americans in the NFL, we're spoiled. We're so spoiled. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. My God, we're absolutely. absolutely just you know spoiled rotten with being able to see guys like Tom Brady every week, uh, mm-hmm. you know Drew Brees every week. Uh, so anything less than that, come on, don't don't waste our time. And I think that's, that that was the that's the real. You want to, and you're not, and, and again, Sonny, we, we always say this, you're not going to hear this on ESPN, you're not going to hear this on the NFL Network, CBS Sports, or anything else. That, to me, the honest, real, real reason why this thing crashed is because yep. ratings went down because, because it wasn't NFL caliber uh, 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 entertainment talent. And, and, when it's not, and when it's not at that level, then we're not interested as Americans well, because we're spoiled. So absolutely. there you go. Absolutely. And, and Cuervo, I'll give you an example. We'll go over to the AFL where the Arizona – well, the IFL where the Arizona Rattlers play. They've been on ESPN, the, the local ESPN, for years. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's been hard to keep that at audience. Let's just be honest. That's just what it is. But the Arizona Rattlers have got it figured out. But – other markets, they don't have that figured out. They can't get eyes on that product. They can't do that. That's the years and years of Arizona Rattlers being successful and winning championships back in the 90s, and they kept on to those fans. But the simple fact of the matter is when you get startup teams across the country, whether it be indoor, outdoor, or whatever the case may be, you've got to be able to put some eyes on it, Cuervo, and you're absolutely right. We as Americans are spoiled as we look at the best that is out there. And that also being said, it leads us into this next part, and we're going to go ahead and tease this. I, I have had some discussions, and I've shot this over to Cuervo. This is the only time that we really do this. 
Um, Lucian Walker, okay, for those, most people don't even know the hell I'm talking about, but I do. Uh, Lucian Walker is a running back slash tailback um, in the IFL league, okay? Um, as a matter of fact, I've met him, and I personally love this guy and his game so much so I, I said, Lucian, we need you down here for the Texas Revolution many years ago. Um, I, I like this kid, but we had a great conversation. So here's the tease. College football. College sports in general, should they be paid? Now, we've had this conversation uh, before, but there's an interesting twist that goes on to this one that I think I provided on that because I gave a different idea, a different look of what's going on in that. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to take that quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we'll talk about college players. Should they be paid? Should they not? Why should they not? And I've got definitely my opinion. And Cuervo said he's going to do a little looking on this as well. I'm wondering what he came up with. I know what I think I know. Am I right? Am I wrong? I don't know. We'll find out. I think I'm a little bit right. Maybe not to the extent I think uh, of what I think the actual numbers are, but I think I'm there. But we'll find that out. We'll do that on the other side. You're listening to the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is their Sunday morning tradition continuing into our our 10th year and our 7th episode. We're going to take that quick break, and we're going to hear from our local sponsors. When we come back, we'll jump right into that. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. 
Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Costlow Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costlow Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance funds. Or check us out on the web at costlowinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. continue on uh, on the show uh, really excited folks also don't remember uh, especially my locals okay guess what Rowlett Eagles varsity football about ready to kick back in believe it or not we're not very far away from this I mean so keep that in mind as they go through their spring uh, workouts and things of that sort keep in mind late August early September we kick it back up here on the Couch Potato Sports Show with the coverage of the Rowlett Eagles varsity football team, where myself and the Eagle Eye Bill Cerna will be bringing you that coverage each and every week. We'll be doing our pregame show two days before the game, and then, of course, we have the game that are going to happen. We're adding a lot of things to that. We're actually going to be on video, which everybody seemed to love, why they wanted to look at us, call a game, and not see it. Hey, I don't know, but we got lots and lots of people to say, continue doing the Facebook Live. So we will be doing that this year. So 
that's part of the plan. If we get a good connection, that is uh, it's guaranteed, obviously, on the Couch Potato Sports Show. But we'll try to get it out in the Facebook Live so that everybody, for whatever reason, wants to watch us call a game. You're more than uh, you know, welcome to bore yourself for three hours. That having been said, we're back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And, and you know, I teased it on the other side. And we talked about it, you know, us being spoiled as fans, seeing what we want. And then, you know, if we are not going to watch the best of the best, we go to the football, at least football, um, and as well as college as far as basketball, although there is a D-League that is actually working out on a quote-unquote minor league, right? Really, in reality, basketball is there, you know, for the minor leagues. So, you know, baseball, same thing. So that having been said, we're spoiled by we want to see the names. We want to see the greats. Me, I... I love minor league sports. I attend minor league sports all the time. Um, So I'd much rather, because my wallet is a little light, uh, I'd rather go. And plus, I have a better time at the minor league games. That having been said, we go to the college athlete. And and there's a young man by the name of Lucian Walker. If you heard the intro, I know this young man. I love him. He's a great – by the way, I love him. He's a great football player. He's perfect for what he's doing over in the IFL for – but he's not playing this year, I don't think. He used to play for the Green Bay Blizzard um, up in uh, in the day. And uh, he actually played uh, a couple other places. If I'm not mistaken, he made his way over to the Duke City Gladiators within our league. I'd have to look that up, but I'm almost sure I'm right. But that having been said, you know, you look at the college – player, the college athlete, in the in what it's all about and you know, I, I I maybe I'm off in left field, but really in reality, the college athlete, they feel that they're misunderstood. They feel that they are not really um explain to people it's something that's a different way of life and and Cuervo I don't know if he had the opportunity to read what was going on there as far as the back and forth these are the kind of things that I get this is just one that that you know Cuervo was part of and I think he's seen what I put in there um, as far as the name of the show and he wanted to maybe know what we were talking about but I gave him the opportunity to take a look at what we're talking about college athlete Cuervo it's a big question whether or not they should be paid do they have a different way of life and you know all this other intangibles of what the college athlete is all about and our college athletes misunderstood Cuervo am I am is there something that maybe I'm completely missing outside the normal people that that I just don't get well Sonny I'll say this um you know I got a I got a chance to read most of what the conversation was between uh, you and Mr. Walker. Um, and what I'll say is that I, I agree to an extent with both of you, actually, because both of you make very good points. So for the, for the student athlete, right, the problem that I see with them is that I think that they do uh, – Universities, institutions do make money off of their name, especially when you're a big-name star. You know, obviously, uh, like a Kyler Murray at Oklahoma or, uh, you know, which, which the list goes, you know, back to way, way, way long time ago with, with, a, with a college like the University of Oklahoma. But the point I'm making is, um, you know, for years, 
universities have been making lots of money off of of certain athletes and their name. And what do the what does this what does the student athlete get in return for it? Yes, they get their education, and and, and I completely understand that. Does it? Does it equal the scholarship, though? The amount of money that they make off of these athletes, does it, is it the same amount of money that does it equate? And the answer is hell no. It's not just no, but it's hell no. You add another, you add another figure to uh, the scholarship, then may, you know, you're, maybe you're in ballpark now. Okay, but a scholarship to a university like that, four years, full, full ride, all that stuff, can't be more than a hundred grand. So you mean to tell me that universities only make that much off of a student athlete, especially a big time student athlete? There's no way. There's absolutely no way that that's the case. So I think the the situation, the person that we're talking about, it'll dictate. The argument so it's not the same argument for everybody for someone like himself who attended a smaller university which that's what I was looking up because I was curious uh, he's making all these points where did he go to school because I want to know where he's coming from and it's no disrespect to him so don't take this I don't want him to if he if he ever listens to the show I don't want him to take it as well, I think you're a small-time athlete because you went to Southern Illinois. And I'm an Illinois guy myself, but the point is, for someone like himself, yes, like I get it. You know, you're a student athlete at a university, and there's a lot more that goes into being a student athlete than just showing up for class, showing up to practice. You, you, you pay in different ways than uh, uh, just, a, just a, a student themselves who's not a student athlete. You guys pay with your time, with your, with your blood and sweat, like he mentioned in his comments. Um, and, and I get that. I get that. But then I look at your, your argument, Sonny, for someone that's just going just as a, a student who with a 4.0 GPA or whatever the case may be might get looked at. At these schools, and by the way, but graduated we, graduated high school with an associate's degree. So, yeah, think yeah, about and, and that, and that's not easy either. And I know a lot. I know there's some high schools out there that have those. Um, I don't know if I want to call it mandated college programs that you have to pick a, a program to go into, and then you get the degree in that. Well. Just because you're mandated to choose one doesn't mean that you're mandated to actually pass it. Now it's a gra- it is a graduation requirement. Don't get me wrong, but you know, doesn't you know nobody's putting a gun to your head and saying, "Hey, you will pass this." Like if you fail it, you yep. fail it. Like it is what it is, right? So, um, for them though, for the ones that that have just they're they are they are going based off just pure academics. That's their only chance. Somebody like a student athlete, well, yes, their academics play a part in it, but because they're really good at basketball or they're really good at football or the baseball or whatever the case may be, that's their ticket. 
And we can't, we can't get mad at them for that. But what I will say is that people who are growing off of academics, I think should get more opportunity um, to get looked at, you know, for GPA purposes. But a lot of them, it's either can, can your family afford to, uh, you know, pay for you to go to this school or not. If not, then, well, sorry, we can't take you. That's not cool. You know what I mean? That's not cool at all. But unfortunately yep. for someone that is, that is trying to enroll into school based off just their academic qualities alone, uh, that's their only shot is can mom and dad afford to send me to this school? Absolutely. And, 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 that, and that sucks. It does. It really does. Um, so for the ones that, that have that extra opportunity to get a ticket in, and it drives me nuts because you brought up the point of, well, most of them don't even finish their four years. Absolutely. And, and they, leave the, they leave the school early, and they don't, they don't fulfill their, their four-year scholarship. I mean, the only thing, the only thing I can say to that, Sonny, is you, man, you, you make it mandatory that you can't leave college early. You can't be a one-and-done like, you know, like these guys in, at Duke basketball or whatever the case may be. You Kentucky. mandate that they – Kentucky, other oh, God, they're notorious for it. But that's all you can do is the NCAA makes a rule saying you must do at minimum three years uh, and fulfill your obligation with based off the scholarship that that we gave you, the money that we're paying. So, like I said, I mean, both of you have very strong arguments, and you guys strongly believe in what you believe. And, and I guess I'm just kind of like the middleman here because I, I I don't have I don't have a kid that is trying to enroll into a college, but I was also never I wasn't a student athlete either, so. I, I can't. I don't see it from. I, I'm just kind of seeing it from the outside. So, um, honestly, Sonny, I mean, I, 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 like I said, I don't. I don't agree or disagree with either one of you. I think both of you make very good points. The only thing that I would say, though, is that based off who the athlete is, what school they went to, I think there are some privileges that student athletes get. I think there are some little bit of little sweeping under the rug of certain academic shortfalls that some of these athletes might have. Um, but you won't see it out of Southern Illinois. So that, that's, that's why he doesn't see your point in that some of these guys get, quote, unquote, hooked up with C's or, you know, something just enough to pass that, that class so that way they can qualify or they can be eligible to play in that bowl game or in that big game, oh, it's Ohio State-Michigan week. Oh, but, but you know, so-and-so's failing his class right now. Hey, Mr. So-and-so, Miss So-and-so, what can we do to, to fix, the, fix the situation, right, so that way they can play the game? If you think for one second that that, that doesn't go on at an Ohio State or a Michigan or an Auburn or an Alabama or wherever, then – you know, either either you're just very naive to the situation, or <laughs> you're just naive to the situation. Because I'm telling you right now, yeah. it happens. I've never been to those Absolutely. schools, but as but as many times 
as we've heard reports, we've heard stories of guys, you know, one day they're academically ineligible to play in this game, and then three days later they're magically eligible again. Huh, wonder how that works, right? So mm. That's, mm. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. So that's where I side with you. But at the same time, I, I side with uh, Mr. Walker because I think that we shouldn't dismiss all the extracurricular that goes into being a student athlete, all the time you have to sacrifice, all, 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 the, all the effort into going into the practice, and then you've got to go study film if you choose to, and you've know, you got to make sure your grades are up, and you've got to work, you've got to you know, hit the gym, and, and all this other stuff that, that you know, students that are just students, they don't have to worry about going to the gym. They don't have to worry about practice. They just got to worry about their studies. But, you know, so, so student athletes, there, there is more time and effort that goes into what they have to do. Uh, but, again, at the same time, I also think that when they have shortfalls, you know, a teacher's not going to hook up just a regular student who has nothing to do with the football team or the basketball team or whatever. It's like, yeah, if you're failing, you're failing. Too bad, so sad, right? That that's what yeah, that's what nor, you know, just just pure students have to go through. They don't get hooked up like a student athlete does. So like I that that's why I think there there are there are very strong points to both of you. So neither of you are wrong. Um I just think that you know that that you see that in, in especially in the bigger schools and that's why I say it all depends on what school we're talking about and who the student athlete is. Good point as far as the school is concerned. Okay. That is huge because Mr. Walker may be correct. And I, I, and I'll even give him the answer to that one over at Southern Illinois. Maybe you do got to make the grade. Okay. When was the last time we seen Southern Illinois on ESPN? Okay. When was the last time that we've seen Southern Illinois on Fox? When, when was the last time we've even heard of Southern Illinois? Now, it's not a disrespect to the college, okay? Guilty by association of what a college athlete is, there are two different forms. And that's kind of what I was trying to tell him when I told him, Lucian, by the way, and for the record, Lucian Walker is ten times smarter than Sonny Clark. Okay, when it comes to knowledge, and this guy's got two freaking degrees, he is extremely knowledgeable on everything else. But, and I'm not saying Lucian Walker got an ounce of help for anything. And, and God bless him because I like him. I, we've talked, we've talked back and forth online and everything else. We, we've been there and we've talked about things like this, even just in regular talk. I like Lucian Walker, I, I enjoy speaking with him when we do. And I love the debate that we had. Hopefully he didn't think I was ripping on him personally because he's not. He's smarter than Sonny Clark. Here's what I know. I've opened up my wallet for my kid to go to a first, a first year in college. And granted, you know, she got the associate's degree and everything else. But I've opened up my wallet. How many times was the wallet opened up on, on Lucian Walker, or he, he, him personally, or his family? When you get that full ride, now, just, just an idea, okay? And I'll just throw this out there because it, it is what it is. And smaller schools are a lot less. But when you talk Division One 
but, but you know, Division One colleges and what it takes for a four-year ride, it, it, it's $35,000 just for tuition, folks. Now, now I, I'm, not, I'm not a mathematician, but I did the math. And on a four-year stretch, that's $140,000. That's on a four-year stretch, okay? Then you add the room and board, which equals up to 12000 a year. So you add that up on top of it. That's 48000 So by the time if you've played four years of football, you've had everything paid for you, that amount comes out to $188,000. Now, granted, was it less over at, at Southern Illinois? Probably. But that's still not the point. Because when you add it up, let's just say, for example, it's, you know, over at Southern Illinois, maybe let's say it's 25000 Okay, you got four years of, you got four years of that, which is 100000 Okay, and room and board doesn't change. That's across the board. It's 12000 a year. And you add that, that's $148,000. Now, quick math, okay, quick math tells you that, you know, that's an awful lot of money. It's a total of $7,000 a year, okay? That's quick math off the top and everything else. And, and granted, do universities make money off of their kids? Absolutely. But when you put those numbers together, now granted, I don't think I think that the college tuition is just completely out of control. But I didn't make up the numbers. These are the numbers. And I, I'm, I'm sorry. I look at that number and I go, well, you know what? You know, that's, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I mean, th th there wasn't a wallet opened. If anything, a wallet was opened to give to the high-priced players, to, you know, whether it's the family or just to give the guy some money or whatever the case may be. So don't sit there, you know, I, I, I find it insulting that, yeah, that the college athlete that may not have been one over at Notre Dame, Syracuse, you know, all the big-name colleges, you know, I, I, I believe for 100% that Lucian Walker had to bust his ass in class and try to do exactly. But the point, I also understand that usually when the college athlete is walking around, they get the benefits of who they are and the kids that are there because of scholarships, because of their knowledge, it's there. Now that also being said, okay, the college of choice is not there for a, a, a kid right there. Who's got that 4.0 has the associate's degree before he's walking in the door. That, that, that scholarship is not available for him. But a guy that can barely make it out of high school will, will get the benefits of these things. So it, it's a give and take on what you see. And whether or not a player is getting paid, you, you want more money. I, and granted, I think I get it. But to sit here and say that you're not paid, you, you add up these numbers, that's your payment. That's your compensation. And and. I know it's um, naive for me to think that they should be in the school for for academics and academics only. I get it. I understand. I'm not that far gone. But at the same time, it is not their point to be in school. Their point is to be an athlete and what they can get afterwards, whether it's NFL, you know, Major League Bay, all those other things. That they, you cannot tell me. 
over the years that I've been involved in this business, that those those students that are in that are 100%, oh, God, I got to get that college education. You just can't convince me of that because I know better. Um, but at the same time, there are some kids that are out there that are doing it. There are some. Now, you want to look at the numbers, you can go ahead and look at the numbers. Were you able to take a look at that, Cuervo? What were the numbers? Because I've got an interesting number that no one will cover on ESPN and everything else, and we'll get to that in a second. But what were the numbers that you – were you able to look that up and find anything about that as far as the graduation rates and things like that of the student-athlete? Um, I didn't get too far in the, into that, but, I mean, I – I can look it up now. Um, that's that's not a hard stat it's not, to look but here, up. Here, let me. I'll, I'll um, save you some time. According I'll, to I'll this, though, it's no. Well, according. What, I got what it do right you got? Here. Yeah, go uh, ahead. It says go ahead. right here. According to what I'm reading, um, looks like it's at right about eighty-two percent. Uh, this mm-hmm. now this was as of last November. So I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's flood. I don't know. If it changed between now and then. I mean, that was what, six months ago. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so 82%, which is, it's just good, but um, that's still, you're not accounting for the other 18, you know, what about the other 18? What's going on with them? So, um, well, that's, but that's what I I see here. I looked at that number. I've seen that number that you're talking about, Cuervo. I looked at that number. And there's two things that stand out about that number. Number one, I don't believe it. Okay. I, and you can call me a pessimist all day long. I don't believe it. Okay. I'm around them all day long. You know, they didn't finish college. They didn't go to, you know, listen, I'm going to tell you that number is trumped up somehow, somewhat. Okay. But also remember this. Those are all student athletes at all levels, whether it be at the Division One or all the way down to Division Three. I'm going to tell you that I know the number on that Division One area, and I know that number on the Division Two area, which they use those numbers on Division One, uh, Division Three and Four to monster up that number to make it what it is. Because the number on the Division One folks is a sad 65%. That number is 65%, which, by the way, if you were taking the test, you failed. Okay? So just, let, let's just put that out in the way. On number two, uh, or, I'm sorry, Division Three, that number is just a little bit higher at 70. It was barely passed. <clears throat> so... When you look at the numbers, you can skew the numbers the way you want to do. And Southern Illinois may have a great graduation rate for for the student athletes. But let's be honest, how many student athletes are going to be drafted in the first round in the NFL from Southern Illinois, Cuervo? Can you can you take a wild guess on how many will be drafted out of Southern Illinois? Altogether, maybe one. Yeah, maybe one. None in the first round, none in the second round, none in the third. You're getting, to, you're getting to the late rounds of it as far as that is concerned, if any. Okay. So, granted, I get what they're doing, and yes, on those lower – but I'm talking about when a kid has a dream to go to a certain college, 
and let's just throw one out there, just just for what it is, a Division One school. Let's just say Notre Dame, just because I know a lot about that program. A kid like mine doesn't have a snowball chance in hell on getting on that campus, regardless of what her the, the grade point average is, regardless of how well they did at school, but yet they got college kids that are in there, and I don't know the graduation rate for those kids or whatever the case may be. Notre Dame might be higher, but I'm going to tell you, you get down to Florida, you get down to other universities, and you take a look at those that graduation rate, I want to look at it. Second of all, the graduation rate based upon what they are graduating for. I don't know if there's actually a basket weaving one in there, but if you honestly think that these kids are coming out of college, you know, with the the, the degrees in you know you know in, in in things that matter, I think you would be completely lost as far as being being relative and you know as far as working in today's world. You know, basket weaving, you know, we, we say that as a funny, but, but that that's what some of these kids are taking. They're taking classes that have nothing to do with what they would be doing, okay, if the athlete was not going to try to be an athlete to be a professional athlete. They'd, they'd, be in, they'd be in irrelevant subjects that will do you absolutely no good. I mean, art 101 or, art, you know, taking art and just drawing a painting and doing good. See, that's my point in the whole thing. You look at Division One and you look at where the numbers are. Division One football. I'm going to tell you that, if, and and again, I may be wrong, but $188,000 for four years of playing a sport, I'm going to say I think is fair. And not only that, I see it as compensation because they didn't open up the wallet to get that done. So yes, did the college take advantage of of a certain player? By the way, and also, there's only so many Kyler, Kyler Murrays out there, Cuervo. What about the other? You know, remember, there's just to give you an idea on the college level. Okay, there's 60 players on an NFL foot are on a college football field. Okay, there's 60 of them. So you know, look at that number. You know, so I, you know, I, I look at it at 188 thousand dollars. They are getting paid, and, and if you're not a starter, you're still getting the same $188,000. I'm sorry, maybe it's me. Maybe I look at the numbers and I do the quick math. And, you know, the quick math um, on $188,000, okay, you know, puts them over $40,000 that they're, that they're quote-unquote making. And what a normal, you know, what? Blue-collar blue collar family lives on $40,000 as a family. You're just one person. So, you know, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to feel sorry for a college athlete, um, you know, that is getting everything that they need, okay, and, yes, they're playing football. And I will also put it out there. If you feel like you're being exploited, don't let yourself get exploited. Now, granted, that might be the travel that you've got to do to make to the NFL, but you know that going in, Cuervo. I knew that back in 1986. Okay, so if you're telling me that the, the college athlete that is going in there doesn't realize they're being exploited for the $188,000 that they're getting paid, um, 
then you're wrong. Then everybody's being exploited. Walmart employees, you know, you know, uh, you know what, what uh, Dell, you know, all everybody's being exploited to a certain point. Okay, you got paid. You're you're being paid for your exploitation on what you bring to a certain company, and, and that's just a fact of life. And that's the difference. It's a fact of life of regular people. You're talking about a college athlete. That is the percentage of the world that are college athletes cannot be more than 6 or 7%. So the other 94% of the people in this world got to bust tail, make a, make a living. And on $40,000, a family could live up, a family, not just one, a family. So, you know. I, I just look at the numbers a little bit. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just a cheapskate, you know. But forty thousand dollars—it's not a bad living in today's world. And if you, in the family, maybe forty to fifty thousand dollars. So, I see it as paid. I see it as their compensation. And if they want more, then I'm all for it and a fight for it if that's what they want. But you can't tell me that today's college athlete is not getting paid. Well, they're not getting paid directly, Sonny. <clears throat> and you know, we all we all know that they're not getting paid in the form of monetary value. Um, you know, they're getting paid with their scholarship and all that, and and and, and that's no secret. Um, that scholarship, though, it doesn't it doesn't you know get you through you know having a lunch or dinner. I think that's, that's what Mr. Walker was talking about more than anything was because he, well, you know, he started making the comments. Yeah. Like stipends and things like that to be able to do yeah. things like, you know, buy yourself some groceries or, and, and you know what, that, that is something that I actually disagree with the NCAA on is how the, the rules are, are made. I mean, somebody can't even buy, you know, a student athlete water without it being illegal. Like, come on, are you kidding me? Yeah, there's some BS that's on that, yeah. Uh, As a matter of fact, one school got charged because they they brought in bagels. Uh, You know, yeah, that kind of crap is stupid. I I completely agree with you. But also, just to let you know, in that 188 that I made mention, room and board, the board, the food is part of the board, just to let you know. So, it's twelve thousand a year, and you and you get three squares a day and, and snacks. I only know this because my I, I, listen. I got a kid in college. I know exactly what's going on there. They, and not only that, from what I'm told, it's plenty of food. Now, granted, for a football player, they may need more food. I get it. I understand that. But hey, it's still there. So within that room and board, you also get food. So you got everything that you need in reality. Now, granted, walking money is always cool. And when you're on scholarship, you can't have a job. I completely get it. But you can't tell me that they're not getting benefits outside of what they're getting. I mean, we only see it all day long, whether it's a booster or whether, you know, they, they go to these fancy dinners or whatever the case may be. You just, you just can't convince me as, as a guy that – sees exactly what's going on in the college days and what's going on. Hey, 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 say whatever you want. You know, the White House gave those college kids, you know, some food. Listen, it's not McDonald's, folks. I'm going to tell you something. In a lot of cases, it's not McDonald's. You know, it's not cafeteria food either. All right, come on, let's get serious. They're they're giving them room and board. But 
But if you're a college athlete, you're getting better food than just the average kid as well. So, you know, you, you can't hey, tell Sonny. me that, you know. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think the president got that memo, though, because that's what, remember, remember that's what yeah. served the, the Clemson football Absolutely. team when they went to the White House. Yeah. Absolutely. I just had to any, throw that out any there. Any normal, and by the way, any, by, and by the way, also, that, that's, let me just, you know, add insult. How many kids that are going to college are going to sit in front of the president? I, they're going to fly out, be flown out, be treated normally, not in this case, normally, you know, you know, get well, the hold on. food, you sit down. All that stuff, you know, so. So so here's my, okay, so actually, I, know, I didn't even think about this question until now. Yeah, I get it. It's the President of the United States, but what is what he did illegal? Is that illegal? I mean, he bought food for student-athletes, right? I, it, Isn't that illegal? You know, and, and I guess if you're going to see the President, you know, and they're going to feed you a four-course meal, unlike the ones that got the McDonald's, you know, you know, yeah. I, I mean, there's 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 other things there too. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now. This is just what I know, not speculation, but we're talking about teams. I've known football players that have met and ate with the president in the past, and guys, they're not getting McDonald's, they're not getting cafeteria, they're getting lobster, they're getting all this stuff because they're sitting with the president. And the normal kid going to college don't get that either. So you can't tell me there's also benefits as well, outside of what they're getting. You, you just can't convince me because I've seen differently. And if you want to sweep that under the rug, you know, you can go ahead and do so. But I'm going to tell you right now where there's a kid in college busting his ass would love to have a lobster dinner once. You know, so, you, you know, there's – and I get Lucian's point. And, and I hate that, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to disrespect the school, but – you know, Southern Illinois is not going to be sitting with the president. It's just not going to happen. Um, but and so portions of what Lucian's saying, as I think it's jealousy to a certain point, that maybe he's not getting the benefits that some of these other college kids are getting, and that is the misjustice in reality. If you go by Title Nine, Cuervo, it shouldn't be that way, but it is. So, you know, all schools are supposed to do the same amount. Say, we all know it doesn't happen. So portions of what I was reading felt like to me it was a jealousy because he didn't get the benefits. If that guy was going over to Syracuse, if he was going to Alabama, if he was going to, to Notre Dame, uh, of course the benefits are going to be more at that school than Southern Illinois. Let's get serious. Look at the buildings that they practice in. Look what they do for their I get it. I think the jealousy comes at that point more so than the jealousy for me as a kid, uh, as a guy trying to put his kid through college, more so looks at it as unfair. And let's be honest, you could you could try to convince me of this all day long, but it is not fair one iota, especially when you got a kid hanging on in high school. Never mind getting to college and hanging on there with a with a, a solid, you know, C minus average, I even gave him a C. I didn't even call it D. You know, so you can't tell me that, you know, now their effort is, uh, their effort is the athletics. I completely understand it. And I understand why a grade would slip, but you can't tell me that there are not more benefits for a kid that is walking around as a college athlete, more so than a college student. It's just two total different worlds. Yeah, it definitely is, Sonny. Um, 
you know, they they have a lot more privilege in the student athlete as far as, um, you know, just just flexibility. I mean, if if a you know, a, a, just a, a regular—I shouldn't say regular, but just a student, just as purely a student—decide to leave early. It's—it's it's not because, you know, they're going to, uh, you know, something higher, uh, like like an athlete would, where they're, you know, being considered for the NFL draft or the NBA draft or whatever. Um, it's a lot easier. There, there's a lot less. A lot less. Uh, how do I say it? Um, I guess consequence to forfeiting your scholarship as a student than there is a student athlete because where's yeah. the light at the end of the tunnel for them? You know, what, what, not only what are, that, what are who's they going to pay it back? To? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who's got to pay it back? You know, this Zion, Zion Williamson, who's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft this year, uh, did one year at Duke. You know who's going to pay for that? His contract. They'll just yep. deduct it. I mean, he's going to be the number one yep. pick. He's going to make no, a couple well, then, bucks. Well, they're not paying one dime of it. They're not paying one dime of it, no, especially on the college level. And, and, no, and college basketball, especially knowing about the one and done. Oh, no. They're not paying a dime of that back. No, I'm saying Zion himself will probably have to, but it's a drop. It's a drop of the bucket for him because his contract, even as a rookie, is going to be his salary is going to be what four, three, four million bucks. I mean, I don't know exactly what the what the uh, the salary is for NBA rookie number one overall pick, but I don't think it's no eight hundred thousand dollars either. So him having to pay that hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars back, come on. Come on, he's gonna he's gonna wipe his ass with that once he gets drafted number one overall. So even if it's he, he himself that has to pay it back, Sonny, that's nothing to him. But for somebody exactly. like yourself, where if your you know your child decides that uh, they want to switch schools or majors or or they just don't want to go to school no more, there's a lot more consequence to that. And I think that's what student athletes absolutely too, is that is, you know. They don't. They don't understand that aspect either, is because now uh, they go to the draft. All they're thinking about is, well, shoot, I'm, I'm about to be rich. They're not thinking about the other the other factors that go into it, like, oh crap, I'm giving up my scholarship. Uh, yep. Who's going to pay that back? Oh crap, I just screwed the university over. They, just, I just pretty much, you know, wasted a scholarship. I could have gave it to somebody that is going to stick around for four years and actually fulfill yep. their scholarship, fulfill their obligation, and appreciate that scholarship more than I did. So I, what I would say is if I'm the dean or a president of a university, and I know even if, even if that athlete wants nothing more than to come to my school, and I know he's going to be a number one pick and we're going to make – I'm not offering them no scholarship because we lose in the end. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun for that year while it lasts, and, and, and you know you might get some revenue, but in the end we lose because that that scholarship was. I mean, you might as well just light it on fire. So absolutely, you you you, you really don't you don't really gain anything. You don't, and, you don't and, and that yet. and that goes with the chances of the school as well. The school is the one taking the financial chance here. 
on whether or not a player will be big enough to where they can quote unquote exploit them to make to make the money. Okay, listen, it, it, listen, it's all great big business, it, you know. And and if you for one second don't think that athletes are being exploited, you're blind. But guess what? That's you know, it's simple. It is simple. You got paid. You're you're being paid to be exploited. In this case, a four-year student is $188,000 over four years. Sure. Now, here's what I do think that colleges should do. I do think that they should hold the student accountable, and they don't. You can sit there and say all day they do, but they don't. But if you sign to be on a four-year scholarship, you're at that school for four years, period. And that is where the NCAA is dropping the ball. If the NCAA double, if the NCAA is really, 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 really all about the grades and all about the school and all about the education, they would make them stay for the four years based upon a contract instead of letting them out. And you, you can sit here and tell me that they've got to pay it back, but I got news for you: none of them pay it back. And if they do, they're making the loads of money that Cuervo's talking about from Zion. It, you just can't convince me any differently because I know differently. I. I I see it. I, I I see it all the time. So, should college athletes be paid? We can debate that all day long. Give them, give them two hundred. Listen, give them a hundred bucks a week of walking money, and then I, I think we could shut this whole thing up. But but it's the boosters. It's everybody else. If you don't think they're getting that hundred dollars of walking money from a booster, you're wrong. Okay, you're you're naive. Okay, if you don't think that the boosters are handing out cash to these kids, you're wrong. If you think that these boosters are not giving them wonderful cars to drive, you're wrong. Now, granted, is it every college? No, but I'm telling you, the big guys get them. You know, I mean, you see a guy driving around in Corvette, and they come and they come from they come from you know the the slums of New York or wherever it is. All of a sudden, they're in a a brand new Dodge Charger, a, a, you know, a thirty thousand dollar vehicle. Where are they getting that vehicle? Of course. Come on, you know, I'm not naive. I am not naive to believe that this does not go on. And I will talk about the one I know about. That is Oklahoma State. That is Des Bryant that I broke on this show when Des Bryant was in college. And what, and what was the thing that it brought to my mind that there was some crazy shit going on on that? Is as he shows up while he's in college with a diamond earring that is bigger than most women have on their fingers, and I'm wondering myself, well, where did he get the money from that? From where he came from, which is DeSoto, Texas, which isn't you know the high rise of Texas. Where's he getting this? Now, you know, so yeah, I I know I <laughs> you, you you just can't convince me now. Is Des Bryant a different case than most college athletes? Absolutely. Okay. You know, so, you know, I, but the simple fact of the matter is, is that there are some schools that are breaking the rules and the NCAA is allowing it to happen. And schools like Southern Illinois and Mr. Lucian's, uh, Mr. Lucian Walker's case, they don't have a leg to stand on because they're Southern Illinois. They are not Duke. They are not. They are not. Uh, you know, Alabama. They're not Notre Dame. They're not Syracuse. They're not Clemson. Yeah, it's basically we can't hear you. 
because we are who we are, and that's what it is. So it is uh, it is one of those things when you take a look at what we do here. Um, but college athletes definitely get you know you can't you just can't convince me that they're and they're and you can't convince me they're not getting walking money either. Now some schools maybe they don't. Maybe in Southern Illinois' case maybe they don't. But you you can't tell me on major universities across this country that they're not getting walking money or added benefits from someplace else that ends up in their wallet as cash. You just can't convince me. No, no, you're, I, I agree with you, Sonny, 100%. I think, I think if the NCAA was smart, um, you know, instead of trying to, to catch these guys uh, with, you know, this, uh, 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 these benefits, you know, these boosters, and say, just make it legal, okay? Just make it legal. I agree. That way you don't have to go on a, on a wild goose chase trying to catch student-athletes getting illegal benefits from boosters. Like, Absolutely. so freaking what? So freaking what if no, somebody bought me don't dinner care. at Denny's? You're right. Like, who the hell cares, man? Like, stop yep. being so – but the problem – you know what the problem, though, is, Sonny, is that the NCAA is ran by 70-year-old guys in, in, in suits who who have never, you know – they forgot what it was like to to go through the struggle of going through college or, you know, whatever the case may be. It just, to me, I just think it's guys that, that they want to be the morale police. And Absolutely. Let's, yep. let's just be honest. Like, the way things were back then is not how it is today. You don't, Absolutely. I mean, for example, We live in a different media, world. Oh. Social media, you know, technology – it's it's a lot easier to hide things, and if they think that they're going to go around and they're going to catch every single person getting improper benefits, then somebody needs to sit them down and tell them that that they're old and senile, okay? Because yep. they're not. It's not going to happen. So why don't we? It's just like steroids in baseball, Sonny. It's the same argument. Let's stop trying yeah, to catch everybody and just make just make the damn thing legal but control it and what i mean by control it is you have to set standards you have to set guidelines hey if you can only use them on a b and c occasions for college athletes you will get x amount of money a week for a b and c reasons and and then you know what then then you don't i'm telling you you're going to see a lot less things being hidden and that I agree. way, these student athletes can can they can they can create themselves opportunities to say, hey, you know, Florida State. Let's say a kid's going to Florida State, right? And he can put on his social media, oh, I just had lunch with Deion Sanders, greatest greatest day of my life. Like he doesn't have to hide that yep. anymore. He yep. can he can express that, and there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing yeah, absolutely. wrong. With having lunch with an all-time great at the school you're going to, these these universities they should want to see that. They should want to see generations. They should promote that all day long. Exactly, and, it, and what does it do? It creates more opportunity for recruiting, and that's yes. how you can get these student athletes to come play, you know, to to come play for your your college. 
You know what I'm saying? So, to me, I, I think if they would just look at it that way, it, it, the, the, the possibilities are endless. Instead of these coaches Absolutely. killing themselves to try and recruit players, they can let the social media, they can let these alumni work for them. Yes. So, and I don't know, and maybe same, I'm crazy. At the same time, Cuervo, at the same time, the ones that represent the schools got to make sure when they are recruiting these kids that they don't give them illusions of grandeur, and they do. I mean, you know, that happens all the time. Um, you know, not every kid is going to be the superstar on your football team. Not every guy, not every kid's going to be the superstar on your your baseball team or basketball team. You know, it, you know, you know. But it 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 is about it is about the money. It is about colleges exploiting the kids. But at the same time, I look at one eighty eight. Ah, okay, you know they paid them. I, I just look at things a little bit differently. Um, because I've opened up my wallet because I've had to pay for it, even though that my, as far as tuition is concerned, my kids got that full ride on tuition, but guess who has to open up the pockets for the rest of it? Moi. So, you know, you look, you just look at these numbers and you look at things differently. You you gotta, you you, you know, you you gotta be realistic and, but it's a great conversation. You know, I think we've probably got more real here than it would over at ESPN. Um, more to talk about, more more reality is in reality that everybody would want to cover up because of. You're not going to get it on ESPN because that's a that's cash cow for them at ESPN. So they're not going to talk about this kind of stuff. Same thing with Fox or anybody else. They're not going to dig in deep into it like that. So that's why I love this show. We're able to do exactly what ESPN won't do because of their money obligations say, well, we don't want to cover that subject. It's a good subject. Again, like you said, Cuervo, Lucian Walker's not wrong. I, but then again, the points that I was making, I wasn't wrong either. It just goes to show that different perspectives can be seen, but it's not concrete. Um, but at, at the same time, you know, you know, looking at looking at the college athletes and things like that, it, you know, to a point, they are they are at that where they are. Um, and that's and hey, that's their profession. That's what they wanted to choose to do. And and I, all. Good luck to them all, uh, because you got to remember. I mean, I saw the stat, Cuervo. You know how many college kids that are on college uh, um, scholarship for football? You're talking only four percent actually make it to the NFL. Okay, four percent, Cuervo. That, that that number is astonishing to me. And you know, so the other ninety-four percent that are in college athletes, you know, college athletes, they have got to figure out what they're going to do with their future instead of having illusions of grandeur. I'm going to be an NFL football player. Yeah. Sorry, I was responding to your uh, message, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess, I guess, you know, bottom line and all this is both of you have made very valid points. Uh, I think, I think the NCAA should open it up to some sort of, like I said, a controlled standard and a controlled policy where, you know, guys can, they can advertise that they're getting, you know, a a free lunch from a, from a a former alumni or whatever. And maybe the booster, maybe the boosters will go away, you know, because we think of boosters and, oh, they're such bad guys, you know, bad people, right? 
And what they're doing is illegal. So yeah, I guess they're they're sending a bad message to these to these young men and women. Uh, right. But if the end if if the NCAA would just stop being stubborn, uh, you know, open open their minds up to to finding different ways to uh, uh, allow these these kids to explore opportunities. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just think it's, I just think it's crazy that they're so stuck in certain ways and they're stubborn and, and it sucks. Um, oh, it sucks. You know, and, and, far- hey, and Cuervo, yeah. hey, guys like Rick Pitino is not helping this situation. Okay. And, and those that don't know the background on Rick Pitino, the, the head coach at Louisville, I mean, you know, there, there've been allegations on that basketball program that, that recruits were getting as much as $150,000 to just enroll into that college. So guys like Rick Pitino are not making this subject even easier for anybody else to understand. You know, when you mm-hmm. got guys that are, be, you know, paying $150,000 plus they get the college education uh, for free, um, you know, it, it, it's the corruption of the system. And like you said, Cuervo, if they lightened up on some of the rules, some of that corruption could go away without question. Right, because then it would be legal corruption. It, no, yep. then it wouldn't be corruption at all anymore. It would just yeah, be, exactly. so, you know, legalized benefits. Absolutely. Lots of good stuff that we talked about here. And, and, and I'm glad I got into the conversation with Lucian Walker. Again, all props to this guy. Smart as the Dickens. Ten times probably smarter than I am. Um, you know, so, uh, congr- by the way, congratulations. It's hard to earn two degrees in college, never mind just one. So you got to give the guy bad props on and his work football. on what he did. Absolutely. And played football. Good, good, and valid points, and and you can't take that away from. And by the again, congratulations with that as well. Um, so I, I like that. I like that. It's a good story, and uh, we'll we'll be looking at things and same like that. Uh, we, we've also talked about you know, and maybe at some point we'll talk about what they do with those college degrees at a different day, um, because there's there's some you know things to talk about as far as that is concerned. But it's a little bit too deep for today because we went real deep on this one. So what we're going to do then on the Couch Potato Sports Show, we're going to head into our last uh, break in reality here. We are going to uh, come back. We'll talk about things that are going on in the NFL. Some NBA news that we definitely need to talk about uh, that has happened here in the past week to two weeks that I wanted to get Al Cuervo's uh, opinion on and things of that sort. So, by the way, just to let you know, normally the king of throwing up the um, sound effects, I didn't want to do it in that discussion because I wanted it to be a real conversation about the situation instead of, you know, not, you know, being on it. So just so that you know, Sonny has not lost his game. Okay, just to let you know, you'll hear more of that in the final hour on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll take that quick break, and when we come back, we'll hit more into what's going on in the NFL and the NBA. We'll be right back. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. 
This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggy's Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggy's Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggy's Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggy's Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus, two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend, Michael Smith, of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation. Restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting, located in the heart of Rowlett. 
A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. And we are back on the Couch Potato Sports Show, full pot of coffee, gone. Welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show, and that being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues into our 10th year, our 7th episode. Took a break last week as I was visiting family, that was fun. Um, Getting together really, really in reality, you know, after the passing of my father, you know, after we got past the morning stage, it was nice to get together and, and know that we're together and we're here for each other, even in family, even though uh, mom and past, uh, mom and dad are on uh, Superstition Mountain, uh, come together as a family. And I, I needed to prior, prioritize that over the show. So uh, my, my apologies of not being on last week, but. That also being said, it does give us a lot of time to talk about some of the things that have happened um, out in the NFL and some of the things that are happening in the NBA. Um, I'm actually shocked. But I want to go to to Odell Beckham. And and the reason why I want to go is I read something, you know, back on April Fool's Day. I thought it was was an April Fool's joke, but – the the feeling that Odell Beckham had with him being traded, and, and I just want to know, Cuervo, I think I'm right in this instance. I mean, I heard Stephen A. Smith talk about in a couple of weeks back about the reasoning why um, that he blames Eli Manning for the departure of an Odell Beckham but for different reasons than I did. But then I go and I see some of the things that Odell Beckham is talking about as far as the trade itself and how we felt and what was going on. But I really, I really found, I found that his, you know, you can say drama filled life in New York as a New York giant. Um, now that they are behind him, what can he expect? back moving forward um and you know i i think odell beckham is ecstatic now i think for presentation he has to look disappointed that all of a sudden he's gone out of new york but i think he's excited about what maybe could be his role on this football team and you can say whatever you want the big hey the biggest uh you know, the biggest bandwagon team in the NFL are the Cleveland Browns this year, without question. But really, when you look at what Odell Beckham can do and maybe try to teach the young man, and I'm talking about his quarterback, you know, Baker Mayfield, maybe lead me a little bit better. Maybe, you know, maybe throw the ball two or three extra yards so I can, you know, get some yakety yak. We talk about that on this show all the time. What is it all about in reality when you talk about, you know, wide receivers? Yeah, 
you can make great catches, but the simple fact of the matter is, is if you can't do anything after you make the catch, and sort of, you know, with don't go bad. It's about yakety yak when you're talking to NFL uh, uh, wide receivers, Cuervo. You can make the athletic play all day long in the end zone or on the sideline, but really when you think about wide receivers, it's about what you can do after the catch in reality if you're Odell Beckham. You're right, Sonny, and, and you know nobody, nobody does it better than Odell Beckham Jr. He's one of the best in the game when it comes to uh, having the ball in his hands and open space and making plays and um, I mean, Antonio Brown's probably the next best thing, but I still think Odell Beckham is just a little is a little more talented with the football, being able to make plays. So, um, if he could get that ball, if he could get that ball in stride, Cuervo, how many times have we seen Eli Manning put a ball up in the air where he had to go up with no opportunity to make a play after the catch? I mean, we see that all day long. Um, when you talk Odell Beckham, and when he did or was able to work with the yakety yak, because in reality it, it is all about the, you know, with, without question, I think Odell Beckham Jr. is ecstatic at the potential of what a Baker Mayfield can bring to him, more so than the same old, same old with an Eli Manning. Yeah, and I, and I think he should be excited. I mean, he's getting a much younger quarterback. Uh, they're a yep. very talented offensive football team. And on top of all that, he gets to play with his boy Jarvis Landry again. And I think Absolutely. that's what he's most excited about. You know, LSU alumni, uh, I mean, you know, there's nothing better, I would imagine, than kind of just reuniting with a with an old college teammate playing together for, you know, in the NFL. I mean, it's got to be the coolest thing ever. So uh, I think that's what Odell's most excited about. He's going to be around somebody that he, he knows – on a personal level, known for a long time. Nothing against, you know, Sterling Shepard and Victor Cruz and Brandon Marshall and all those receivers that have gone through the New York Giants organization while Odell has been a New York Giant, but none of them uh, he can relate to like he does with the Jarvis Landry. And that's why I think you're going to see a more more focused – the the talent is going to be there – but I think the maturity that you're going to see out of Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be something you you haven't seen yet. Uh, in, in I'm the hoping NFL. for that, and, uh, and I think it can be because look, I think I think if anybody can keep him in check, it's going to be it's going to be a Jarvis Landry. Um, well, they're the same guy, Cuervo. I mean, look at Jarvis Landry at the beginning of the season rubbing out his players for being, you know, hurt or injured. And, you know, that that is a state of mind. And, and the, the fact of the matter is Jarvis Landry went into that, that locker room as a winner, and the other ones that are in that locker room were not. And that's obvious by just what you saw in that video where Landry is saying, listen, are you hurt or are you injured? Are you out on the football field because you really can't be, or are you just, you know, you're just not putting forth the effort? And if it's the latter, right. be on my football team. That's a leader right there. And now you exactly. get Odell Beckham up on top of it. You've got two guys that are so passionate. Up And, and listen, I'm never going to question the passion that Odell Beckham has about the game. I will never do that because I'd be an idiot. I mean, this guy wants to play, and he wants to win. And you, I, and outside of him just being a total jerk up in New York, okay, you know, I, I'm not going to take that away from him. This guy wants to win. He wants the Super Bowl ring. He wants to prove that he's the best. There is no question in my mind that is there. 
And when you got him and Jarvis Landry, now granted, some people would say you got two mouths of the South over there, you know, uh, at the wide receiver, you know, two divas. But I don't think so. I think it's a different type of leadership that you're getting from that position that affects the whole team and not just wide receivers or their own personal um, their own personal agenda. Yeah, exactly. And look, you know, we, we can talk all day about. Uh, you know, the maturity of Odell Beckham, this and that. And what it comes down to is this. John Dorsey, the GM, knows what the hell he's doing. He wouldn't have you traded would for Odell Beckham. Seems like it. He would, he would never – I'm telling you, Sonny, he would not have made this trade if he didn't think it was going to work out. And what I mean to work out is obviously it, it, it makes the Cleveland Browns that much more talented offensively. Absolutely. But I'm talking, I'm talking about – the 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 moral the uh, the conduct side of it. If he if he thought for one second that Odell was going to come in and just be an absolute distraction or a drama queen to this Cleveland Browns organization, they would have never made the trade. All right, now I get it. They didn't give up too much to get him, so it's kind of a no brainer. Like, look, you you can get Odell Beckham Jr. For a Snicker bar and a Red Bull, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I, I will yeah. trade all day. Hell, I don't but, even like them, and I do that. Exactly <laughs> right, but at the same time, I think I think John Dorsey looked at it as well. Boy, well, well, he is boys with Jarvis Landry. I think Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. is a guy that that can, you know, their personalities can kind of blend together. You know what? I will give up that snicker and Red Bull. You know what? Deal. You got yourself a deal, Mr. Gettleman, over there in New York. I'll mm-hmm. take him. You want you you want oh you want the uh, oh you want the one with the two Snickers in it? No problem. I'll give you the one with the two with the two mini size Snickers inside of it. All right, you got yourself a deal. So I mean that that to me I I that's why I thought it was a no brainer what they gave up for it. And on top of that, I think. The fact that he's, you know, he gets to be with his guy Jarvis Landry again. Uh, to me, to me, I think this was an, this was an absolute home run for uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And let's just say it wasn't Cuervo. How many GMs are going to get fired because of what he did to grab up Odell Beckham? I mean, arguably the best wide receiver in the game. And I say arguably because there's some people that would think that he's not the best, but definitely top three. And you gave up nothing. Like you said, maybe a Carmelo more so than a Snickers bar because I kind of like Carmelo's better. You know, (laughs) there you go. you, You look at, you look at the move. Not only is it good for the, the Cleveland Browns, it's good for the GM. That solidifies his job because if you can grab a top three wide receiver that is an instant playmaker and a game changer, you solidified yourself at least for another two years. So this move alone will keep him in his job for two more years. Now, Lord forbid he starts putting it together and grabbing up more guys that will be really good. But you look at this whole thing as far as you know Odell Beckham and the uh, and the Browns are concerned will this take them will this move them into the situation where they're beating the Steelers and the Ravens on a regular basis obviously you notice how I didn't say Bengals cuz they are a complete and utter mess right now do you think that they can compete with those two guys 
in those because let's be honest, you don't win that division, you you're automatically in the running for a wild card. Can you keep up in the wild card? Well, you look at it in the mm-hmm. AFC. No one else is going to come out of the AFC East. There's no question about that. The NFC South that has the potential of at least two teams coming out of it, maybe three, depending on what you think about Tennessee. You look at the uh, you look at the AFC West. You got three teams right there. So where do they compare? When where can they compete in order to be a wild card? Because let's be honest, if you've got the Cleveland Browns winning this division, uh, you know, pass on whatever your token. I will go ahead and I'll take a hit of it, um, but. The reality is since when you look at Cleveland at best, they're a wild card, and they're probably a number eight in the wild card as well. So you look at those numbers and where they are. um, If they made the playoffs, I mean, that would turn the Cleveland Browns franchise completely around. And I don't care if they even get blown out in the first round of the playoffs. They made the playoffs. And the Cleveland Browns haven't sniffed that for so many years. I can't even remember the years. They're really irrelevant because that's what the Cleveland Browns have been, irrelevant. They have been for a good 20 years now, Sonny. And, and, you know, I think for the first time we can honestly sit here and say that the Cleveland Browns have a legit shot at making the playoffs this year. And that's something we haven't said in a long, long time. So I, I, I just I think they still have some work to do on defense. Uh, I don't think that's a secret. Um, and I fully expect them to go defensive in, in their in their draft this year. But um, but I think from an offensive standpoint, I think you could see this team being, especially when Kareem Hunt comes back from suspension. I'll, yes. I'll make a bold prediction on on April seventh. On April during the off season, I think the Cleveland Browns, once they get all the guys back, you know, once Kareem Hunt is back, they're going to be a top five scoring team in the NFL. Top five scoring offense in the NFL when Kareem Hunt comes back, and assuming everybody's healthy, potential. Well, that's how much I can I I believe in that Cleveland Browns. Well, and what you say they have a good chance to Cuervo, you know. I, I don't know how much that I believe because when you got four teams in reality in the West of the AFC, that, and, and that sort of depends upon what you think about the Oakland Raiders too, Cuervo. I mean, if you believe rumors that are out there that they are ready to move on from Derek Carr, which would be a complete and utter mistake, um, and they decide they go ahead and move on from them, maybe they're washed out. But you still got San Diego, you still have Denver, you still have Kansas City to contend with over there. So you're going up against maybe three teams, quite possibly four, depending on what the Raiders are going to be. You have the South with Houston, Jacksonville, and Tennessee. Um, and crap, who's the other one? Oh, and Indianapolis, Chiefs. You got eight teams just within two divisions. Only one's going to come out of the uh, out of the East with the Patriots, unless something big, you know, can come out from some of the other teams. This is a season that would would be. I, listen, if they made if they made the playoffs, I'd be shocked. And it's not because they're not going to be a good football team. They're going to be an improved football team. They're going to win seven to eight football games. And if you look at your season and you're the Cleveland Browns, you know, with the moves you're making, you may not be happy with that. But in reality, when you look at it as a whole, seven to eight win season for the Cleveland Browns is a total, a total hit. They didn't miss it all. 
And then the next year you move into a round 10, and then you look at the Cleveland Browns challenging for a playoff spot. I don't think they're challenging for a playoff spot this year. I just really don't. There's just too much talent in the South and too much in the West to where that makes that a reality. Never mind if Baltimore figures that out and, and the Steelers. So you, you, just figuring those two guys out, those uh, uh, Baltimore and the Steelers, Okay, you look at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's ten other possible teams that could be shooting for a playoff spot, depending on who wins those divisions. So, the Cleveland Browns are going to be fun to watch, and they are going to get the attention because of who they picked up, and the move. The move is definitely the one they need. But where vote? There have been talks, if you head on over to the West, that there have been some things being spoken about that Raiders might be ready to move on from a Derek Carr. I want to jump into that because this is a huge story. This broke about a month ago, and I forgot to talk about it. But there's been public knowledge that, that, that maybe the Raiders could be close to moving on from a Derek Carr. With that number four, they could grab up a quarterback, which would be stupid to start him right out, I think. But, you know, the Oakland Raiders have done stupid things. All you got to do is look at, you know, what happened with the Raiders and the uh, Chicago Bears. It's a really dumb move. So I can't put it past them, Cuervo, because that's who the Raiders are. They're a good organization. They're, they're, they're a story storybook franchise, but they're also a franchise that is known to make some huge, huge mistakes. The deal between the Bears and the Raiders, Sonny? I, I, I know what you're talking about. <sighs> You have no clue. You you, know, you 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 don't know what you you don't know anything of what I'm talking about I in reality. Come on, come on. <laughs> it, it's it, I'm about as clueless as you are with your 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 NCAA practice. How about that? Yeah. Which, by the way, just to let everybody know, I came in second in one of them because both of us are out. I came in second in one of them and won the other one. So there you go, with no clue. <laughs> Well, obviously you did have some some sort of clue because to finish first and second, either that or you're really good at guessing. I don't know. It could be I'm, one or the other. I'm really good at guessing. I picked Michigan State to win it all. So, you know, there you go. But I did pick them to get past Duke. So, but there you go. There you go. Uh, before the, before that matchup, by the way, just let everybody know, before the matchup was made, I, I did that at the bracket side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I did. But there are cards. So I, I, I digress. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think the Raiders would be. Yeah, I mean, I, everybody thought the Khalil Mack trade was bad. If they trade Derek Carr away, I, I I think I think the Raiders are officially the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The Darwin of, of the NFL. <laughs> they win the Darwin Award. I'll just put it that way. They will win the hands down, like running away with it. Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins can't carry Derek Carr's jock. I don't care what the talent level is. Not only that, the experience that this guy brings in there. I'll tell you right now, he'll be the most sought-after uh, free agent or trade bait quarterback in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, aside from when Peyton Manning was a free agent after Indianapolis let him go. Good point. Um, you know, I think I think that's how 
that's how big it would be if Derek Carr became a free agent. So I don't know. I I, I just think that the, the Raiders would be making the biggest mistake out of all of all the mistakes that they've made already. This would be the biggest one because you have to have a quarterback to win in this league. And I'm sorry, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, nothing against them, but they're not getting the job done. I, I would take Derek Carr over those guys every day and 10 times on Sunday. Absolutely. I, but here's so. the thing. Fans are so fickle, you know. You know, you got to remember, we're talking just a couple of years ago, we're talking about a quarterback that's on the MVP level just a few years back, and they come crashing down to earth because of certain moves that the organization made. I, now, granted, he has been hurt and things of that sort, but I don't think the talent has moved away from Derek Carr. I don't think that defensive coordinators have figured out Derek Carr I think that the the moves that the organization has made uh, has really hurt the quality of what can happen on the offensive side of the ball for Derek Carr. They need and and I put all that on I put all that on John Gruden. And you can sit here and talk about him being the you know a quarterback whisperer because of his quarterback show that he did on ESPN and all that crap. I never bought into that for half a second anyway. That having been said. They get a new general manager over there, Mike Mayotte. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, the GM took the crash and burn for the, all the problems that they had, which shouldn't have been brought unto him because those decisions weren't even his. You know, not just him saying that, other people say. And so you, you look at this whole situation on how the Raiders are going to go. If Derek Hart moving into – you know, shopping Derek Carr right before the NFL Combine is any indication about how, listen, they are interested in doing it if they get a right package. And if there's an NFL team out there in need of a quarterback that can put together a good enough package, not that they don't have a good package already with, what, three first-round draft picks this year and two in the second, you know, you put together a good one, you can get Derek Carr. I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm a football team that needs a quarterback, I'm selling the farm to get this guy if I can. And whether or not they would actually pull the trigger on it and what they could offer would be the different story. Yeah, well, and, you know, I mean, I think, you know, go, looking at it, trading a Derek Carr, I mean, yeah, you're going to be able to get a little bit more for him, uh, but – but then what, what is that going to do for you guys as an organization? Now you're, now you have no quarterback. So it, it just, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm really trying to wrap my head around this, Sonny. So if they do it, what is the goal? What is the end state of trading a Derek Carr away? Is it, is it trying to get as many first round picks as you can or trying to get a first round pick for him? Is it trying to replace him with because you believe Haskins is the guy or 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 Murray is the guy what is the goal there's got to be some sort of purpose behind it it can't just be I know well, I don't like him so I don't like him so I'm going to trade him away like what is that I I, I know what it is I don't understand that I, well please I enlighten me Sonny what it's John Gruden's ego Quavo, do you look at this whole oh, thing? God. This guy, he, he had a show about quarterbacks, oh, bringing up and, and bringing them in. Okay, so now John Gruden, and his ego is is that he can make a quarterback a, a star in this league. Okay, and he had no part of Derek Carr. 
And that is where it's coming from. And, and you say whatever you want. The ego is the reason why Khalil Mack is a, uh, is a Chicago Bear instead of a, an Oakland Raider. To a certain extent, Amari Cooper as well, as he's a Dallas Cowboy and not a Red. So you take away Derek Carr's number one weapon, okay? All right, Th- this is a guy that wants to create his own legacy in Oakland after he's taken over and he wants it to be his guy. And Derek Carr is not his guy, and that is obvious because he wouldn't trade it away as number one pick. Now, granted, at the time, they had no chance of making the playoffs. That part was irrelevant. But you don't give away your number one weapon to Derek Carr away, which, by the way, if you look at it, in 2015, you're talking about a quarterback that threw uh, 32 uh, touchdowns compared to only six interceptions, okay? All right, and then Gruden comes in. This guy turns around. He has nobody to throw the ball to. It's almost as bad as the Washington Redskins situation where the quarterback has nobody to throw to. It it might be the same, if not worse, right now. So you look at the talent level that is out there in the wide receiver position. If you're the Oakland Raiders, you better get Derek Carr a weapon or you're going to be in the same situation as you were this year, and then you could see Derek Carr on a different football team in 2019. Well, for for the Raider Nation, they better not hope that that happens because that's going to be a third the third bad trade that the the Raiders make in the past what fourteen months, twelve months, however yep. long it's been. Um, so, you know, I heard you know you mentioned just a minute ago, and you're right, the Raiders. That's why their their cars numbers have gone down. They don't have anybody to throw the ball to anymore. I mean, they let yep. Crabtree go through. Um, they traded Amari Cooper away. Well, what do you expect? I mean, it's just like situa- I mean, Carolina's the same way. Cam Newton. I mean, we can we can bash Good Cam point. Newton all day. Good point. But the point is, he has no one to throw the ball to. Nobody. Kirk Cousins sucked in Washington because he had nobody to throw the ball to. Now he didn't do much better in Minnesota and. And Sonny Thank made you, me but, see yeah. the light. He's, he made me yeah. see the light. Her cousins isn't, isn't as great as I thought he was. But, I mean, the point is, look, and we talked about this earlier. Yes, Super Bowl teams, uh, they, uh, they have won championships without superstar receivers. Uh, but you have to also remember, you have to factor in, a guy like a Tom Brady is the exception. Okay, Tom yep. Brady's the exception. Russell Wilson, again, yes, he won a Super Bowl with no receivers, but he also had one of the best defenses we've seen in the past ten years. So yeah, the Legion the of Bungholes. The Legion of Bungholes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, so there you go. The, other than that, though, I mean, you've got to have a playmaking receiver. You have to, or else. You're, you're gonna you're gonna fall flat on your face. You're not gonna win football games, and then you you won't even see yourself in the playoffs. So absolutely, um, you know, Matt. I'm sorry that the, the Falcons should have won that Super Bowl. Yes, and they have Julio Jones, who was looking like Michael Jackson's moonwalker uh, in that Super Bowl, <laughs> the way he was catching balls. So, I mean, you remember that play, right? I mean, he was like, I do. I remember it. Yep. Against, you know, uh, on the sideline, I was like, holy cow, he's defying gravity in front of our face. <laughs> so, 
And we're talking about top three receiver in the league. So they should have won that game. But, you know, growing pains for the Atlanta Falcons. We'll get into that in three months when we start breaking down the division. So, Absolutely. Um, but the point I'm making, Sonny, is that for the Raiders, look, save yourself from drowning, please. Somebody throw in the lifeguard vest. Don't trade away Derek Carr. But if if you do that, I mean, I, I can only imagine. He just the organization back two years, Cuervo. Minimum of two. More than three. that. More than that. Yeah. yeah. Because you're not going to find another Derek Carr in the draft. Derek Carr is a franchise quarterback, period. Exactly. He he is. I mean, he's not he's not a Super Bowl contender. No. We understand that. But is he a guy that can get you in the playoffs? Is he a guy that can get yep. you in a position to win football games? Oh, yeah. He definitely is. And like you said, a few years ago, he was an MVP candidate because the Raiders were, what, 11 and 5? You know, looking like they five, were. 36, they were and 36 touchdown passes, only six interceptions. But look who we had on the team there Crabtree and, uh, and Amari Cooper, number one and number two. Never mind the fact they get rid of those two guys. They also get rid of Khalil Mack. And the oh, that was terrible. Crazy Knucklehead of Terrible. Those exactly. Are terrible Chuck. decisions. As a franchise, it has nothing to do with the talent that was out on the football field except for the fact that they're not there anymore. So you take away from that and build off of what you could have done with Crabtree, Amari Cooper, never mind Khalil Mack being just a stud. You could be talking about the the Raiders in contention in the AFC West, but you don't. You see San Diego and Kansas City, and they're fighting the battle with Denver with no quarterback. So, you know, you look at the whole situation. The Oakland Raiders should not be in the situation that they're in right now. They are. And you can say it was the general manager all day, but I'm telling you right now, those three moves came up underneath the heading of John Gruden ego, and that is the reason why they're in the position they are in today. And if Derek Carr gets traded or gone or not playing for the Oakland Raiders, that will also be a John Gruden decision, not a general manager. And guess what? Mayak's going to have to take it and take it in the, in the shorts on that one because it will have absolutely nothing to do with it. And if you believe that that was a general manager move, you are naive. Hey, I'll say, stick your head out the window. Tell me what color the sky is in your world, because I would like to know. Is it a nice shade of pink? Because you know, yeah, this is all John Gruden, without question. Well, I will tell you, Sonny, he's going to add. Well, then he needs to put his ego to the side, and he needs to do it really fast because the moves that well, he's, he's making are, are just so. Mind-boggling. It's it's it. Oh, God, my head hurts just thinking about it. You know, I mean, come on. You just traded away two All-Pro football players, man. And what'd you get? What'd you get in? What'd you get in return? You know what you got? You got potential. That's it. You just got potential out of it. First-round picks, and that's even if you draft the right guys. Who's to say that yep. they're gonna hit, have to draft the right guys? What if they screw that up? And, and and they uh, you know they take Bo Callahan instead. If if you know the movie Draft, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yes. With Kevin Costner, so no do whiff and take Bo Callahan. You got to take Vontae Mack, no matter what. So uh, the point I'm making is you have to 
I, I just really hope that because Mayock Mayock has his work cut out for him, and, oh, and that's God, the only thing that could that could save him. Gonna lose his job. There's no question. This kid's not gonna have a job for three years. I mean, in, in the main reason, Sonny, what's done for me lately? It, and it's not him. It's John Gruden. Listen, what has John Gruden ever done in his career? I, I'm I'm asking. I'm asking. He inherited. I'm gonna. Tony inherited back in his hard work. And and you can't tell me for one second that you can't give a one A or an assist to Tony Dungy for the work that he did in down That's, Tampa Bay when they won that Super Bowl. You just can't convince that, me. That, well, and that's what I was going to say, Sonny. And and I know anybody that associates with ESPN at all or the Oakland Raiders for that matter, they're not going to like what I'm about to say. But John Gruden inherited a championship team, and he just finished yep. John, uh, Tony Dungy's job. That's what he did. Yep. So absolutely, I, I love his now. I love his passion. Don't get me wrong. Just like you love Odell Beckham's passion for the game of football. He's a he's a yep. he's a fired up type of guy. And his wife yep. is a Tennessee grass, so go Vols. But with that being said, you're right. I mean, he. So the Raider now the Raiders the Raiders was his doing. So when they played the. Uh, uh, who was it? Well, actually, they, yeah, it was the same. It was the same. It was the same Super Bowl when the Raiders and the Buccaneers played. It was, it was pretty much John John Gruden's old work versus Tony Dungy's old work, and I think you know the advantage. Obviously, the advantage was that John Gruden knew what they were doing the whole game, so that that obviously helps out, but. I, I still think that he inherited that defense. He didn't really make them that much better. Um, I just think that he just kind of just kind of stimulated what John, what Tony Dungy had over there in Tampa Bay, and it resulted in a championship. So, but you see what happened after that with Tampa Bay Bucks, and the team got worse over time. So, what does that say about? You know what I yeah. mean? But going back to Mike Mayock, though, Sonny, I'll tell you, they don't hit the jackpot on the draft this year. He's going to be – you want to talk about one and done? Mike Mayock's going to be one and done with the Oakland Raiders. He could if be. They don't, if and, they don't nail the draft. Yeah, and 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 with with the influence that, that John Gruden has, okay, you can sit here all day long and talk about, you know, who's the GM and all that other crap. But no, you can't convince me differently on who he is. Okay, you, you you can't. And here's here's another thing. Think about this, Cuervo. Okay, this is a football team. He, he took over first year in Tampa Bay. He went twelve. He went twelve and four. Won the Super Bowl. What have you done for me lately? Is the is the common thing. Next year he goes seven and nine. The year after that five and eleven. Now he had eleven five in in the uh, two thousand five season. He lost to the Washington Redskins in the wild card game. After that four and twelve, nine and seven, nine and seven. This guy is the most overrated. And again, building off the back of what Tony Dungy did. Listen, 
I, I'm not necessarily a Tony Dungy fan per se, but I recognize what he did for that football team. And a guy like a guy like John Gruden, okay, who you know loses to the New England Patriots game in the AFC Divisional game, they think he is the hottest commodity back in 2001 because they almost beat the New England Patriots in the division game. That's where Tampa Bay fell in love with the guy. Now. They did go to the Super Bowl and win the next year, but what really did he do to build the Tampa Bay organization up after that? Nothing. And that is the point. When you look at a team, you're talking about a team that was below 500, okay, in his tenure as the Tampa Bay Buccaneer head coach, which tells me one thing, one thing only. This is a guy that will live off of other people's successes, instead of building his own and right now he isn't doing anything on his own with a four and twelve four and twelve record his first year back in Oakland. Yeah, and it shows because I mean he was out of the game for so long that yep. you can't I'm just I'm just curious to see how if if the Raiders even improved at all. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I, I, just just me as a as a, a fan or of the game or whatever, just somebody giving their opinion. Me personally, I give Gruden a pass. All right, as bad as it was his first year, I'm giving him a pass his first year just because he had to acclimatize back to the, the speed of the game. Right now, year two, you know what the expectation is. You 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 sat in the league a year again. You know what the league is about now or what, it, you know, what it's changed into. So now you have no excuse, John Gruden, if you're listening. You have no excuse as far as knowing what the expectation is. Okay, now you know what the game is about. Go out there and let's see what you got. And, and if they have another 4-12 and 12 season, then you know what? I think the Raiders know. I think Mike Mayock knows that it's just not going to work. But I'm going to tell you this. Mike Mayock will get fired way before John Gruden will. So that's Absolutely. why I say if they if they don't if they don't nail this draft, if Mayock doesn't nail this draft, he's gonna be one and done. If they go four and twelve again and those draft picks that they those three draft picks that they have, first round draft are bust or he only hits on one, Mike Mayock will be back in, on the NFL network before you before you even know it. So yeah, he'll be uh, the scapegoat. No he'll be the scapegoat. Yeah, it's a no built-in scapegoat. They're not firing Gruden. They're not gonna that, that's just not going to happen. As an organization, they're not going to blame John Gruden, even though no. he's the one really. That's a, not. They're just not going to do it because of the guaranteed money that he got in that freaking contract is the reason why they will be gone before he is. Ten million bucks a year, Sonny. And, and not that's only that, that's a damn good pay for a coach. Oh, absolutely. Not only that, you're talking about the cheapest team in the NFL if you look at the Oakland Raiders. So, and they're not going to waste $10 million a year and let John Gruden go. That's gonna, John Gruden is going to be the coach till the end of that five-year contract. Sorry, he is. And the Raiders will not piss away $10 million a year on a head coach and just let him go and let him was, sit at home and collect the money. I thought it was 10 years, 100 mil. Isn't that what the contract was? 10 years, 100 million? I and so, and you're probably right. I I don't know. I I I know it's I know it's ten million. Is it ten years? He's going to be the coach there for ten for ten years. 
He is the man. The Oakland Raiders will not fire John Gruden. Organization is the cheapest organization in the NFL. Bar none, and and, and that's proven, um, since Al died, it's to- totally turned into just win, baby, to let's just say it's the money, baby. And, you know, so they, they make the big splash on the coach, and they completely and utterly – it's like it's like whipping and wiffle ball. Uh, and wiffle ball. Have you ever played wiffle ball? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Have you have you ever yeah. seen that little bat and you and you miss the wiffle ball? That's what the Oakland Raiders did with John Gruden as a hire on the head coach. I mean, and, and you and you almost throw your arms out because you're swinging so hard to hit the wiffle ball and you whip. That's what happened in Oakland, and it, and it's going to be ugly. And guys, it, you know. San Diego, if they get a quarterback after Phillip Rivers, Denver is getting better. Kansas City is, you know, depending on, you know, what some people say they're the best team in the AFC. I don't necessarily agree, but they're up there. I mean, Oakland's not even close. They're not, they're not even close in talking about in the AFC. They are maybe the, they're maybe the ninth or tenth best team in the AFC. I mean, San Diego, Denver, Kansas City, Houston, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Baltimore Steelers, and then, of course, you go over to the New England Patriots. If you want to give one of those other three teams a shot being just as good, you can. You're talking about, you're talking about the bottom echelon in the AFC where you are right now with no vision of getting out of that lower echelon of the AFC. Zero. And if you trade cards, it's going to even be worse for the next three years. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I, I guess the way I would look at it. Let me just interrupt you really quick. I'm sorry, but think about sure. this. No, go ahead. Think about this. Ten years. You're right, and I just looked it up. Ten years. Okay, it, they brought him in. Okay, he is there to sit there and groom a wide receiver, and Derek Carr is not going to be on that football team in 2020. It's not going to happen because it's not a groom. It's not. I mean, Derek Carr's already got years up underneath his belt. That time was enough for him to groom a quarterback and groom a franchise quarterback. And he is already. It, it, it sounds like to me, based upon all the reports that we're getting, that's not Derek Carr. And I don't know. The love affair's not there. I don't know. You don't like Derek Carr? Again, you're not going to give him the weapons. How can he be that good? If you want to go ahead and say, hey, I got a rookie quarterback. I'm set for three years. I'm going to groom this guy. And then we got five years of success after it. Sets it up perfect for what that that situation is. This is a situation where you grabbed up the guy and this franchise paid $100 million for a franchise quarterback. Never mind the money they have to pay the quarterback if he does become that franchise-type quarterback. Well, I mean, I mean, if, if, you, if you're going to commit yourself to anybody, it's got to be your quarterback. And you got to. That's, I mean, that's why I, I, it's just, it's just, I don't understand why the Raiders would decide to sign him or, or trade him away. Can, I mean, let's just, let's just think about this for a second. If we had to rank all the quarterbacks right now, all 32 teams, top 15 quarterback, he's a top 15, you think? I think so. Now, that's just off the top of my head not thinking. I would say top 15. I would agree. 
I would agree that he's a top 15 quarterback. Now, you know my belief. I've said this hundreds of times on this show. If you're going to trade a guy away, you better upgrade. Your replacement better be an upgrade. So with that, and that with, so with that being said, Sonny, if you're going to get rid of Derek Carr, are any of those other top 15 quarterbacks available right now as we speak? Chances are not a snowball chance, right? Yeah, it can't be gotten. So, so there's no way you're upgrading from Derek Carr at this moment in time. That's why, that's why I say at least five years you're setting this Raider franchise back if you decide to trade away Derek Carr. Now, here's the next question. If you're going to trade away Derek Carr, who are you trading him to? And what are you trading for? What are you, for. What are you going to get in return? What are yep. you getting him for? What, what, what's the return value? Like that's that's I mean are we try are we trying to get another draft pick, another first round, second round? I doubt he'll go for a first rounder. The best you could probably do is a second, my opinion. Because oh my gosh, I'm I'm looking at this Cuervo and the top quarterbacks, and this is off of NFL.com. They have Derek Carr at number twenty-two behind. This I'm sorry. Derek Carr is better than Marcus Mariota all day long. He's better than Jameis Winston, Mitchell Trubinsky, maybe, you know. But he's better than Andy Dalton. He's better than Cam Newton. He's better, definitely better than Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield. Deshaun Watson, maybe not. Maybe he's right there. But you're talking about other names before that. that that's a travesty on this ranking. I can't believe I'm even reading this. And that's NFL.com? That's interesting. Yeah, it's on NFL.com. Wow. No, I'll, send yeah. you, I'll send you the freaking link. It's the stupidest thing I've ever read. I mean, yeah, it, I don't it's, think it's I don't crazy. think Mariota's better. I, I would take no, I, Mariota, definitely. Absolutely. I just send it to you in the link in the chat. I, I can't believe I'm even reading this. I mean, now you know, and, and now they had Derek Carr at number 21 last year. I'm sorry, Marcus Mariota was at 19, Jameis Winston 17. Okay, really? Can we talk? I mean, come on. I mean, Cam Newton, I'm oh, sorry, he's better than Cam Newton. I, I, you can sit here and talk about the intangibles of Cam Newton right now. If I'm going to take Derek Carr or Cam Newton, I'm taking Derek Carr all day long and ten times on Sunday. Never mind Kirk Cousins. What are they basing those rankings off of is what I'm wondering. I, I, I don't know. But you, if you go to that link I sent you, this was this was just uh, – this was put out. Well, let's see. What was the date? <clears throat> January 3rd, 2019. And then they oh, have so the years the they were year. ranked. Yeah. And then they have the years they were ranked in 2017. So, um, I mean, man. I think Matt Ryan being ranked number eight is way too high. Wow. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. And he was the nine. Uh, this, but, you know, it, it's, it, 
he's top fifteen. He's not top twenty. I, I just named off. I just named off guys he was better, which would have put him top fifteen. He's definitely better than Andy Dalton. I'm sorry, we can sit and, and I love me some Andy Dalton. I mean, he's a TCU guy. I used to actually go out and watch TCU football just because of him, Cuervo. Last two years of his career in TCU, I was out there watching those games. I never told anybody. I just went to the games because I like him, and I knew he was going to be drafted. He's better than. But Derek Carr's better than Andy Dalton. Period. Yeah. I, you know, oh yeah. I, I, yes. But you know, I, you know, looking at all the intangibles and everything else. Never mind the fact that Derek Carr is that atypical, prototypical quarterback that every football team should desire to have on their football team. That is, you know, that's just the way it is. But. You know, looking at those rankings, I'd love to have me some Derek Carr. Derek Carr Carr has got a better chance of bringing you a championship than an Eli Manning, than a Cam Newton, than a, a, you know, Kirk Cousins. You know, I I just – I don't know. I, you know, I, 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 if I had to compare him, Cuervo, and this is if Joe Flacco is, a, I put him right there with Joe Flacco. I think Joe Flacco is the top. Hey, I'm gonna tell you right now. Watch out for the Denver Broncos this year. If they get, if they get him somebody that he can throw to and he can trust, watch out for the Denver Broncos. I mean, I, I think the Denver Broncos are gonna be a team that you are gonna have to beat. I mean, so if Kansas City thinks that they're gonna get the victory over over Denver, and it's gonna be easy. But, but they got they got a new sheriff in town. I, Joe Flacco, I just I just see this guy making a some, like you said, Cuervo. You've said it on this show many times. Sometimes the guy has to go to a different location, and and, and Joe Flacco yeah. he, he definitely need is that guy. And I think that's exactly what happened. I think he re and I hope I'm not <coughs> sorry. <coughs> I hope I'm not okay. <coughs> Sorry, get it wrong out, Sonny. About that. Get it out. Yeah, wrong okay. All right, about good job. that. But, <laughs> but I think Joe Flacco can turn his career around and he can be considered one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I really do. But that will all be, depend on what John Elway does with the rest of the squad that he's going to have out on the football field. Because if he thinks Joe Flacco is going to be the only answer, he's wrong. He's going to have. He's got. They got some defensive deals, especially in the secondary, that they've got to work on. Um, and some of his players on the defensive line are another year older, so they better make sure that they grab that up to where they can get that. Because Joe Flacco is not the is not the quarterback that you put it all on his shoulders. Okay. All right. He's proved that in the back that he can get you to the damn playoffs, and he can he can maybe get you a first and second round win. Um, you need the other bits and pieces in order for him to be Super Bowl bound. So they better they better do some more work out there. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I, I think, and I think Emmanuel Sanders is a good is a good start uh, yeah. for Joe Flacco. But yeah. I but I think you're right though. I think they need to, they need another guy. Um, yep. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know. I haven't heard any rumors as far as you know guys that Denver is looking at or anything. But I mean, I will say this: Jordy Jordy Nelson did say he was going to retire. Uh, he did announce his retirement, but we've we've seen all kinds of guys talk their way out of retirement or get talked out of it. I'll I'll even say this: I, I it wouldn't surprise me one bit if if Rob Gronkowski winds up in training camp for the New England Patriots uh, later this year. So, 
Absolutely. You know, hey, Cuervo, that's that's a story that will never go away because if you think about it, 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 when you think about Rob Gronkowski, one thing you don't think about in reality um, is, is real simple. It's not. It's not the money. I mean, this guy's got this guy's got so much money. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you right now. If Tom Brady picked up the phone and said, "Listen, Gronk, we 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 need some help here," he'll be he'll be in training camp. He'll be on the next flight to, to, to New England. And it's not the fact that I don't believe he's retired. If the Patriots need him, he'll be back on that squad. And it'll be midseason. And here's the thing about Gronk. Gronk doesn't I, – I firmly believe that the best thing for Gronk is to get healthy more so than go through training camp. And he will have that time where he is not sitting in training camp, taking the reps, the unnecessary reps, for a guy that has taken so much of a beating over his career, that if they call him around, you know, game number four and game number five, depending on how the first five or six games go, he'll be back there. And he will, first of all, be completely healthy, a full off season, no training camp, first six weeks. It'll be like Tom Brady being out the first four games and, and, and being fresh when he hits the football field. It'll be best for him in reality for that to happen. Plus, he's going to pocket $8 million to go play for the last of the rest of the season. There you go. So, I mean, it's kind of a win-win for Gronk. You know, either he stays tired and, and, he, and he, gets, he gets to chill out and, you yeah, know, live a good life. Drinking, drinking Long Island iced teas on the beach or whatever. Yep, or go to Cabo. Yep. Yeah, go to going to Cabo exactly, partying it up, partying it up with Johnny Manziel. Or he yeah. comes back, <laughs> plays with Tom Brady, goes and wins another championship. Yeah, he's gonna beat his body up, but at, at I mean, at least at least he's gonna be winning. At least he'll be well, winning when he's when he's getting beat up. So you're, you're talking really. If he comes back in, in week seven, Cuervo misses the first six games. It's seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. That's ten weeks. Then three weeks of it's thirteen weeks. I mean, I mean, and, and and so you think about it. You got the first six weeks of of the regular season, no training camp. We're talking about five months of not putting his body through what he has to put it through in order to be ready for the season, never mind the first six games, he's going to be that much healthier and that much fresh, that much quick. He, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm calling it. He will. I will say this. If the Patriots are in trouble, he will be in camp. I'm saying he's going to be in camp, or not camp, but back by week six. And just in general, I think he'll be back 85% by week number six. Because I think this retirement is not real. I really don't. Um, the guys, the guys, got a competitive edge on most players that are out on the football field that you want on your football mm-hmm. team if you got that guy. And if you got a guy that puts it out there and has that competitive edge over everybody out on the football field, you'll do what it takes to bring him back there. Hell, it might even be twelve million. Uh, you pay him a million a game. I, I pay him a million game. Okay. And he comes back paying ten million bucks. He'd be a bargain. Yeah, uh, I mean, first production though as a tight end, uh, that that seems like a little much. But but I get what you're saying. Like, I mean, you're well, you're getting come on. you're getting, you're getting wide receiver tight end. production from a tight end. He's the number. He's, he's a wide the receiver. No, yeah, he's the number one wide receiver on that football team. You're right. 
So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, Kronk would have to be willing to do it, though, you know? I mean, that's, take that's, one call that's from the only Brady. thing. And take one call from Brady. Look at those two. You've seen the video, Squarevo. You're not blind. Look at the friendship, those two. If Brady said, get your ass back, in, back out on the football field, guess what's going to happen? He's going to be out back on, on the football, football field. field. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I get what you're there's saying. Not a doubt I get what in my you're mind. saying. Not a doubt in my mind. Now, it, it might need to take something for Tom Brady to pick up that phone. And not only that, Guerrero, look sure. at the backlash of that happening anyway, too, though. <clears throat> if they have to bring back Gronk to order to win, they're going to start questioning Tom Brady about, you know, really is he all that great? But here's the thing. Tom Brady doesn't give a rat's fat ass about what people think about him, and that is obvious. So him, him bringing Gronk back, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt him per se. It would, it would hurt in perception. But hurting Tom Brady wouldn't bother him one bit because he could give a rip. No, you're you're absolutely right, Sonny. Um, that's it's it's all about you do what it takes to win, and you know obviously the Patriots do that better than anybody. So, um, yep. Yeah, you know, if it, if it takes him having to be convinced to come out of a retirement, then. But you know, I mean, there's got to be something in it for Gronk too, and, and there definitely yeah. is. It's just, you know, if, but if he's too busy game. partying it up, having fun, then it's not going to happen. So that's yeah. the only hey, thing you got to factor I, into I, I, it. I'm going to tell you. I, I'm going to tell you this. And I, God, I'm going to say this. I can't believe, it. but I'm going to say it because that's just what we do here. Okay, this guy's going to be token up on. I, listen, you can't. I. I I, I see the personality. This this guy likes to have fun, and you can't tell me that marijuana couldn't be part of it. I bet you a dime this guy choking that up and getting to feel better, all the pain's gone, and then knowing that when he needs to come back and when he needs to pass the test. I, it, me putting it past Gronk having a couple of hits on that marijuana to uh. feel better, I wouldn't put it past him one iota. But here's the thing. I don't, I don't feel bad about players that – do that. I, I really don't. I mean, if you know the rules and you break them, you, you take that risk. I don't care that they do it. It's just that you know what you're not supposed to do. I, I, he seems like a guy that can enjoy himself that way. Um, but but if he had to get ready to go, he could drop it in a heartbeat. I believe he can. And you know, in mar- marijuana. I'm 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 easing my my you know belief on marijuana a little bit. Not much. A little bit. I won't. I won't back off the fact that it's illegal per the rules, and if you break the rules, you deserve what you get. I won't do that. However, I, I get it. I, I get the marijuana situation. It's taken me many years. It's taken thirty-five years of my brother token the line uh, for me to really get it. And uh, just seeing my brother last week, I, I'll just say it right out there. I thank God marijuana's out there for for him because he's not getting any relief any other way in reality, and he's got all the pills. So, you know, uh-huh. and so I've I've curved my I've curved my purse. Now me, I'm never gonna do it. I'm not gonna do. I, I'm just not gonna you know run the risk and do it. Um, but I get it. I understand it. But if your career's on the line and you can't toke the line, then you don't toke it. And if you do, yeah, that's the consequence of that action of doing it. Um, so, but I, I think Gronk could be a great. I think Gronk could be a great party animal with some. I think he'd liven up the party with a little marijuana. Although he'd be the life of the party anyway. I think he'd be much better. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I think, yeah. I think his thing is, uh, is, is, you know, just drinking his face off. That, I think yeah, have fun. So, yeah, he is, I mean, he is a go, a happy go lucky dude, isn't he? He, oh, very much so. Very much so. And I, that's why, I mean, and not that I'm wishing it, but I, I could see him getting into an alcohol related incident before I see him. You know, the popping line. on a drug I get it. Test. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I get it. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. So, incidentally, you know, you, you look at Gronk and what he does for a football team. I mean, I, I, you say whatever you want. That that we And we haven't really talked about it, Cuervo. That is a big loss for the Patriots. And I guess I am actually shocked. I'm going to say it. I am shocked Bill Belichick has not said, you know what, who do I have to prove myself to anymore? I got, I got six of these now. I, I don't need to, but, but there has been no indication that this guy is going to retire. None whatsoever. In fact, from what I am reading and hearing, this guy's got his nose in the playbook, nose in you know, talent all around. This guy has not slowed down. And I'm actually shocked by this. The fact that he is still on right now. Completely mm-hmm. shocks me, Cuervo. What do you think about Bill Belichick next year? Do you expect him back? I mean, I think they would have made the move at a head coach position already if that was going to happen. Oh yeah, I, I mean, Bill Belichick, he's not going anywhere for for a few years. Um, God, I don't I don't see any indication of him leaving this year or even next year. I would say at least two to three more years before he goes anywhere. And, again, I still stick by, I think, when Belichick retires, Brady retires. Or if Brady retires, then Belichick's going to – they're both going to leave at the same time. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually even – you know, I, I, I don't even think – I think Brady should go out on, on the highlight, man. I really do. I Not not that – hey, listen, Tom Brady – Tom Brady's getting to the playoffs. Sorry, they will. They may lose in the playoffs, maybe in the second round. Okay. But I mean, and that would be a successful season. I mean, it's not the fact this guy can't play. There's no question. But I'm just wondering, man. I, I I think if if I was him, plus you know he's got everything he got. I think I'd be gone. I I I would not feel the need to have to prove myself anymore to anybody. Never mind myself. So this about Tom Brady staying on for another year. This this is just him. This this is just the guy because let's be honest, this guy needs the NFL like he needs a hole in the head. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, well, here's the thing: he doesn't need the NFL. The NFL needs him. That's the difference. Absolutely, great point. And not so. only that, not only that, Cuervo. Here, here's here's what I'm really interested in: see where the Patriots go in this draft, Cuervo, because. If you don't get a quarterback in the draft and you're the Patriots, are you making a mistake? If you what? If you don't get a quarterback? If 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 you're the Patriots and in uh-huh. this draft you don't get a quarterback, are they making a mistake? No. Um just because just because of the fact that Tom Brady's still here. I mean, uh, that, uh, again, you know, we always talk about you got to prepare for the, you know, for the future and things like that. Well, as long as Tom well, Brady's they started around, doing that at Ryan Mallet, so 
They tried to, but yes, tried. You know, we all know how that went, but uh, and I think they had they had Brady's replacement, and Brady wanted him traded away. So there's I only think, so uh, many people that can demand that kind of stuff, and Tom Brady is one of them. There is no question about that. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely is, but, uh, you know. Big old Jimmy G. Yeah, like you said, he's the exception. Yeah. I mean, I I think if I'm the Patriots, I'm grabbing a backup. I mean, whether he retires or now, it's just now it's him getting hurt. I mean, come on. The guys, guys you know, considered over the hill when you look at NFL standards, okay? And the fact that he just falls wrong, I mean, this guy could get hurt. So, it, the the Patriots, as far as where they want to be as far as next year, if they win the Super Bowl, if it really means anything, if you lose a Tom Brady, do you write off the season and you don't care, or do you still bust a nut to try to make the Super Bowl? You know, in reality, they always show that they're trying to win the Super Bowl, Cuervo. I, you know, you, you won't be able to tell me any differently. But the fact of the matter is, if Tom Brady goes down, where are you realistically thinking the Patriots can be? Because without Tom Brady, they're not making the Super Bowl, not, let alone winning it. Um, you know, what do you what do you got to do as far as the Patriots to keep it interesting? I, I think you have got to go get a quarterback. Now, granted, I mean they're 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 the last pick of the of the they're the last pick in the draft unless they picked up one that I don't know about. Um, their last pick in the draft, who's going to be there? Hell, I don't know. That's going to you know, I, I'm I'm interested in seeing how far these quarterbacks drop because listen, we've talked in the past about how quarterbacks have moved up. I think this is year we can actually see those guys drop down and go back to the year of you know Johnny Football and watching guys that are ranked up there real high just slide back down the. The ranks. I think we can see that this year because there is a lot on the defensive side of the ball. There's more talent defensively this year in the draft than there is offensively, Cuervo. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more defensive talent, especially at linebacker. I mean, if you watch hey, the combine and all linebacker. Oh, yep. man, the linebackers are, are – ooh, if you need a linebacker, man, this is this is your year, I'll tell you that. So, Absolutely. can't really go wrong. There's hey, about five – there's about five gems in this draft, and I, I think they're all going to be studs. So, I'll, but if you need anything offensively, you, you might be hurting uh, a little bit for a little while, unless unless your scouting department is is you know just out of this world good, and they can somehow find a diamond in the rough somewhere. Then, uh, but uh, you know the, the defense is where it's at this year. Yep. Speaking of defense, Cowboys pick up, uh, you know, Robert Quinn from the Dolphins. I'm sorry, they stole him for a six-round draft pick. They stole him. I mean, so, I mean, you know, yeah, that that was a nice addition. So, not only that, you signed Demarcus Lawrence. You got, you know, with that whole situation over there, that is huge. But here, here's one of the things. I, I, Cuervo, I don't know. What do you think about Jordan Howard? You lose Jordan Howard for the Bears. You know, he goes over to the to the Eagles. I, how much of a loss of that yep. is to the Bears? I don't think it's much. Um, I don't mind. Like this Now, this is the Bear fan in me speaking, Sonny. I'm okay with the Bears trading Howard away because, I, you know, just like all the – you know, reports, the you know, the different articles that you've read about this trade already. 
Uh, yep. He wasn't a good fit with Matt Nagy's offense. He, he wasn't. So uh, if, if that's the case, then, you know, I'm cool with it. What I don't like, though, is what they got in return. I mean, yeah. I think, I think it was low. Come on. Yeah. They, they, I think they could have done better. You know, the Eagles the Eagles got a they, they got a good deal out of it. The Bears the Bears underdid themselves. I think they definitely could have gotten more for Jordan Howard. I, I would say I'd have been ecstatic with a third rounder, but I think they could have gotten a fourth rounder. I definitely think he could have been or he was fourth round pick. Worthy, even who's though that running back that the action. Eagles grabbed up there in the middle of the season, Quavo. I forget who that was. It's just slipped in my mind. It's good, pretty good player past, at the running back this past huh? year. This yeah, past this year? past year, I picked, yeah, I picked him up mid-season. I, I forget who it was that the uh, that the Eagles picked up at the running back position. Oh crap! You, you know, uh, I'm going to see if I can find it really quick to see if let's see if Google knows. Well, I know uh, the year before they got they traded for Jay Ajayi from from Miami. That's it. That's that's what uh, I'm thinking of Jay Ajayi. So that, I don't know. Well, that, if Jay, I don't know what his situation is. Jay Ajayi. Well, that's a good question. Well, that, so that was two years ago, Sonny. That was that was 2017 when that happened. Uh, this past year, he he actually tore his ACL early in the season. So he was gone for a lot of the season, and they had to rely Wonder on he'll be uh, back. Uh, Smallwood and those. Yeah, yeah, he'll be back. Uh, but uh, I mean, Jordan Howard's going to be their their star. I mean, him and Smallwood, Ajayi. You know, Howard's going to be the number one guy. So, well, you would think uh, so. Yeah, I mean, you, you yeah, no, I, so, I definitely, okay. I definitely think that's that's the case. So. Um, yeah, but uh, you know that's that situation with the Eagles. I mean, like I said, I, I think they could have gotten more for him, but I think it was just a matter of the Bears wanted to move on from that whole situation as soon as they could, and they did. But I think they they shorted themselves on that deal. So, yeah. like I said, good move. Now, now, now it's. What do the Bears do from here? Because I know for a fact they they can't possibly think that Tariq Cohen is the number one running back. There's no well, way that, be, that he's going to be a good a, point. They, they got to be looking for a running back. And let's be honest, they're not going to get anything with a six-round draft pick. That's just not happening, especially at the running back position. So, you know, if, if you're right. thinking about filling the position with that pick, you're nuts. So the question is, is what are they going to do about it? I mean, and they're going to stand pat with what they got, you know. You know, the, I don't know. It ju- just seems like to me that well, was definitely too little. I agree with you, Cuervo. Fourth round, you yeah. know, I think they could have got a third rounder, but you know, no one was making the offer. But guess what? You're only good as much as anybody will offer. So that that's the big point there. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that was their best offer, and it's unfortunate, but that's. You know that could be the situation, but I actually I, I've read a couple things where the they could have gotten a fifth, you know a fifth rounder, maybe even a fourth rounder, but they just didn't they didn't do it. So might have been a team. It might have been like the Detroit Lions that were offering that, but why would you trade them to a, a, a team in the division? So maybe that was yep. the case. Mm-hmm. But uh, which which by the way, Detroit just signed C.J. Anderson, so that'll be interesting. I saw that. But, um, 
that's a good that's a good pickup. I think that's going to be really good for them because that guy. It, listen, you say whatever you want about him. That guy's a solidified running back in this league. He may not be the best. He's top ten. I, I think that's a great move for them. Uh, not only that, C.J. Anderson out of the backfield. If they work him into the offense on third down. This guy could be a monster for them in reality because, really, in reality, you think about a football team and that the wide receiver or the running back position, it can't just be all about what he can get running the football. It's got to be out mm-hmm. what else he can get out of the backfield on third ground, third down in reality. And the simple fact of the matter is, C.J. Anderson, don't hold that. Give him that ball. Give him the ball and let him make some moves. He's going to make players miss. I mean, we've already seen it. So, a great move for Detroit, I think. Yeah, I thought it was a solid move, too. Uh, going back to the Bears real quick, you know, they pick up Mike Davis, that running back from Seattle. So, I mean, I know I know that's – I don't know if he replaces Graver, Jordan Howard. Graver, I've never heard of him. So, that, that, that can't be a, a possible – I mean, listen, I'm not saying I know everything about football, but, God, I've never even heard of this dude. So I mean, what good? Well, he took, I, 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 this sounds horrible when I say that. But what good is this guy? This guy isn't worth a nickel. If he was, he'd still be in Seattle. Well, I mean, Seattle has been known to, you know, they've been tearing that team well, down for the past two years now. Sonny, that's a, so that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. You got that. So. But I mean, I mean, Mike Davis was a, he was he was a fill-in guy this past year for uh, for. Uh, uh, Rashad Penny, when he went down, the the rookie, uh, when Chris Carson was getting hurt, Davis came in. He had a few good games, really good games. Uh, I think that the Bears picked him up because, you know, he's a bigger guy, and they got him cheap too. So, uh, but that's not the answer, though. I'm not that. That's the only thing is I'm not. The point is they still got to be looking for another running back. I don't know if it's going to be someone in the draft, which I don't see any standouts really, in my opinion, as far as running backs in the draft. But um, uh, they they have to be trying something here. So, I don't know. Man, you want to talk about a team that's gone from, oh, geez, you you talk about a teardown is the CLC Hawks. Oh, my God, I hated them. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I knew they were good. It's the reason why I hated them. I mean, come on. You know, mouths on the football team. Listen, they're a good football team. I can't even deny that. I hated them, but I, I didn't. You know, but you can't deny. It. But man, you talk about a team that has just completely just reassembled what's going on to where it's almost. Jeez, mm-hmm. can't even recognize what's going on there except Russell Wilson. I mean, Jesus, what are they doing? That you know, that that franchise is in a lot, and, and they did they renegotiated Pete Carroll's contract. I don't get that either. So, you know, man, I'm off in left field, but geez Louise, how do you, <laughs> you, you – know, I, I think they just did that to do it. I don't think there was anything real behind it in reality because they'll can them whenever they're ready to do so. But, you know, God, I mean, you talk about a football team that has really gone from from the from good to the crapper almost. I mean, you, you only got one name on that football team, Corvo. I mean, take away uh, that dude on the defensive side. Um, it, it's coming to me. What's what's that? Wagner, Bobby Wagner. That guy's a that guy's a stud. Those are the yeah, two names on that stud. football team. The rest of them, no one knows yep. about him. That's true. That's very true. Thomas is gone. Sherman's gone. 
the camp chancellor retired, which still hurts my soul a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh him play again. But uh who's the one who just signed the, over in was it Washington? Um, well, um, that? Well, well, the Bear, the Cowboys were going to get him because he was a local guy. Forget the guy who just signed. Uh, he was oh, the Earl, last. Yeah, time. Earl Thomas. Earl, Earl, Earl Thomas. Thomas yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Baltimore. Correct. So I mean, I mean, they have dismantled that football team to where you don't even recognize it except for the face. And, and listen, there's something to be said about a face. But it, listen, if you're going to do that. Seattle, you better do something because if you're going to put it all on Russell Wilson's shoulders, that would be a mistake. As much as I like Russell Wilson, he is not Peyton Manning, he is not Drew Brees, he is not you know Brett Favre, he is not Aaron Rodgers, he is definitely not a Tom Brady. But you know, I, I look at I look at him. You know, he, he, I don't think he is elig- I don't think he's capable of running a you know, well not running a franchise, but you know. You know, directing a franchise to 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 wins. He needs the franchise help. That means that means a general manager doing his job. That's what he needs to do. And right now, they're just not doing it. That, yeah, that, that, there's a lot that needs to be fixed over there. And I don't know. I, I like to. I, I I'm still Is trying that, to understand the direction. Hey, Corvo, let me ask you this: Is it because of what they're seeing in L.A.? I mean, I mean, if you're Seattle right now, do you honestly think you can compete with the L.A. Rams right now? I'm not saying the L.A. Rams are the end all, the get all, but they're definitely the 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 uh, the shining armor in the AFC, in the NFC West. I mean, because uh-huh. when you look at the other team, Arizona's not there. Seattle should be there, and 49ers. We don't know if they're going to have a turnaround in the franchise with the Johnny uh, Jimmy G or not. So you know. If you look at the Seattle Seahawks, are you are you really seriously thinking that you can make a move within this league and within the within the division? And you're not going to win the division, which means you're automatically in the line of you know wild card. And can they compete for a wild card? That's going to be the looking at the personnel of what I know off the top of my head right now. I don't see them making the playoffs. There's there's so many other teams that have a better shot of winning. Even your Chicago Bears are in the in the running over there. You know, Green Bay, you can never count out with the quarterback that they got going on over there. If you go over to the NFC East, the NFC East, you know, the, is going to get the Dallas Cowboys. If one slips in like the Eagles, then you go NFC South. Well, you've got teams that you've got to contend with, whether it's Carolina, whether it is Drew Brees and the Saints. You know, you got to look out for those two guys. And the other two teams may be irrelevant, but they could be shooting for it. Uh, uh, in there, so then you know. I, I just I don't know. I mean, if you're if you are the CLC officer, you really last year. You know, the, I think they were lucky to get into the playoffs. I thought they were going to turn it around. The fact that they didn't in the playoffs, Cuervo, makes me worry about 2019. How bad they lost in the playoffs. Uh, how bad that the uh, Seahawks lost. Seattle lost. Yeah, Seattle lost in the playoffs. I, I really thought they were going to win that game. That, that second, I, I think was a lot of Dallas? people did. I think they're. <clears throat> yeah, they lost to Dallas, and a lot of people believed yeah. that um, they were going to win that game, except for Cuervo. Man, they had momentum. <clears throat> that 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 M word is huge in the football. Man, they had momentum. Right, and and I think that's the biggest reason a lot of people believed in them, and and 
I, I totally understand that. I just I just knew that the you know the offensive line of of that Seattle team was going to eventually kind of you know crap the bed, and it just yeah. so happened that it was in that playoff game that it happened. So that's that's where Seattle really needs to start. That's the rebuild. The rebuild needs to start on the offensive line since since Russell Wilson oh, absolutely. is now the they franchise. They have no offensive line. You know, that's where they need to start. If they're going to rebuild and they want Russell Wilson to be the the franchise, the the face of the Seattle Seahawks, that's what they need to do. They absolutely have to yeah. go offensive line in their draft. Interestingly enough, that that is something that you look at where Seattle is, you know, and you know where 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 they are as a franchise. You know, realistically, every football team in reality is saying that they're going for the for for the um, what do you call it? Every the you know for the playoffs. Every team realistically are saying that. Okay, so it, we're, we're not going to confuse ourselves here. But at the same time, realistically, where can you really look at the Seattle Seahawks as a franchise? You know, so you you've got. I mean, they they got to nail the draft, and they they don't have. If I'm not mistaken, they're they're in no position to nail anything in the draft. So that that's a huge thing up on top of it. So um, we got to look out for that. I, I I'm be interested to see where they're going as well. So um, that that having been said, you know. That's the name of the show. You know, I, I worry about Seattle and where their future is. And, and here's another thing, just to put it out there, Cuervo, I, I worry about, really in reality, I worry about Russell Wilson's future. You know, if he signs that big old contract and stays in Seattle, I mean, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of dedication is he going to get from the, from the front offices to get him some weapons to be as good as he can be? And frankly, I don't see where where it is. I don't either. I mean, I mean, well, what are they? How are they going to? What money are they going to spend? Yeah, you know, I mean, well, I, they're I mean, give it off to him. That, hey, they're going to pay this guy thirty million bucks square, pal. They're going to pay this, whatever team is going to. They're going to pay Russell Wilson. If you believe all the rumors and everything, and the numbers and how they're falling, so he's going to have to pop thirty million for this guy. But what are you going to do to help him be the thirty million dollar man? You're going to have to do something. Right. You're going to have to make some moves because right now with the personnel that they have, it the only thing they got is Russell Wilson, and they can't. They could ill afford to lose him as well. They've already lost the Legion of Bungholes, you know. So they lost those guys. And you know, and the offensive line is a complete and utter disaster, which is the reason why Russell Wilson's asking for thirty million. I mean, because this guy's going to get beat to death. I mean, so that's the reason why he's asking for thirty million, in my opinion. You know, because I mm-hmm. think I think Russell Wilson could be gotten for twenty five million if they had a football team, and he would want to stay there. But if he's not going to have the personnel or the what they need in order to win, of course he wants thirty million bucks. He's an Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not saying for him to go for the money is the wrong thing to do because I'm not. I mean, if you can get the $30 million, get it. If you can win the Super Bowl, wonderful. Uh, he's already got a ring. So, you know, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm all about Russell Wilson taking the $30 bucks, especially if they're not going to do anything to improve that football team. And then maybe you can have a conversation with them and say, listen, if we get you some guys who you think about working with us as far as the salary cap is concerned, renegotiating your contract, if the answer is yes, if you get some guy, you get Russell Wilson. I, I think it's – it's, I, I mean, 
I, of course, that's easy talk. I can sit here and say that all day long. The question is, is how will they work it? That's going to be the biggest question. No, and, and that's a huge question because, I mean, you know, last time I checked, there's no NFL franchise that has a money tree in in their, you know, uh, on their practice field anywhere. So yep. it's not like you could just go start picking money and be like, oh, okay, this is how we're going to pay uh, for Russell Wilson and still have money left over to try and, you know, improve the the rest of the roster. So yes, sir. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's 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 obviously you know the the money thing is always a big thing, but nobody talks about it. Nobody thinks about it until the time comes to pay these guys, and then everybody's like, oh, oh, you want how much? Yes. Oh, a- absolutely, you know so, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's. It's a it's a tough business to be in, Sonny, but that's that's what it is. It's a business. You know yeah. you no know, matter how it, much it, we it love is. the game and you cannot forget the business side of the sport because it is Absolutely. extremely important. And and and, and get so. this Cuervo, is the business side for the players extremely important as well. That's the reason why if Russell Wilson is gonna get help, you're gonna pay me thirty million, but if you're gonna get me some help you can get me at twenty five. I mean, the difference between 25 and $30 million is nothing. Um, but if you can get the dedication from your franchise that you're going to do something and get them weapons, then I can see where Russell Wilson can sign the $25 million contract and be happy with it. But if they're not going to do anything, he's got to take the money and say, listen, this is what you're going to pay. And and, and I get it, and, and I can't blame them either. But, I mean, I, and is Baldwin going to be on that football team next year? And if he is, can you really honestly think that Doug Baldwin is going to be the guy that's going to get the job done at the wide receiver position for the Seattle Seahawks, not for just next year, but the next two years down the road as he's going to sign the five to six year uh, contract with the Seattle Seahawks? No, they got to find another weapon. They're going to have to find someone that's suitable to take it over. Now, is that in the draft? Don't think so. I think they're going to have to go out and find a guy as well. And they got, that's free agency. And that means spend money. Yep. Spend money. And that's yep. something that uh, Seattle hasn't done too much of lately. I mean, if anything, they've been they've been saving money. They've been hoarding money because Absolutely. they've gotten rid of all their superstar players, uh, especially from the Legion of Bunghole, as you like to say. So, yes. you know, what are they doing with that money now? They're not, the Sherman is off the books. Earl Thomas is off the books. Cam Chancellor's mm-hmm. off the books. Uh God, can you imagine how much money they save, Cuervo? That's almost, you know, listen, that's sixty million bucks right there, minimum. Sixty million minimum. I mean, God, if you can't pull some people in there to replace those guys and, and like you said, hoard that money, oh my God! I mean, that's sixty million right there. I mean, imagine what a football team can do with sixty million bucks if they're not paying those guys. So you got to change the philosophy of what you're doing. If Russell Wilson is going to be the face, it's got to go offensively, and you got to get the guys to take over that spot. And if you can't, you better spend that money on the defensive side of the ball and get somebody at least somewhat comparable to what you lost. And so there's different avenues that I think that they can take, Guervo. But if they go offensively, not only that, I think they're a better football team offensively if they do it. I think you can win games, mm-hmm. obviously, more on the offensive side of the ball than you can defensively because the opportunities to score on the defensive side of the ball is not there because you lost your top three, even four, depending on, on how you look at the Legion of Bunghole. So that, that whole thing right there, it just opens up a lot of doors as far as the philosophy and the uh, – the direction of the uh, the franchise moving forward from right now. 
Yeah, well, but I mean, they're moving forward in what direction. So, I mean, yep. yeah, we, we keep hearing that Russell take? Wilson is the yeah, we keep hearing Russell Wilson is is the franchise now. He's the face, and he's this, and he's that. Um, but I'm not seeing it. That's just me personally, Sonny. I have I have not seen the dedication to him yet. Uh, I'm not saying it's not there. I'm just saying, you know, they're they're, they're taking they're taking a while to really show the dedication to Russell Wilson. Haven't resigned his contract. Haven't gotten anything to support around him. So, I mean, it's just like the AAF, right? They're making all these promises, but Absolutely. they're not being fulfilled. Yeah, I haven't seen anything get fulfilled yet. So, interestingly enough, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, wait, by the way, we're in overtime. We're just gabbing. That's just what we do. We go in overtime quite a bit because – you know, story after story, and someone will think of something, and we, we just continue to screw it. Um, you know where it's at, but we we've done it. We we've, we've done three hours, almost three and a half hours here, which is definitely far and beyond what we normally, you know, the three hours that we get, which is always good. That means we had a damn good show, um, and frankly, we did have a damn good show. And this is one that I'm gonna, you know, I'm actually gonna listen to this one tomorrow at work um, because I think we had a damn good show and uh, good stuff to talk about. Is there anything you want to cover that, I mean, I, we didn't even get to the NBA, and we're going to have to do, at one point get to them, uh, but they're back burner because we're, we're football guys, but uh, is there anything you wanted to talk about before we got out of here? <laughs> well, it, it involves a little bit more football, and we didn't, we didn't talk any Major League Baseball either. We're about a week and a half into the season, almost two yeah. weeks, but Look at the uh, Texas I mean, Rangers! Oh my God! I mean, yeah. who 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 put who put lightning in a bottle and shot it up their ass? Oh my God! I mean, the Rangers are actually <laughs> playing good football, or good baseball at the beginning of the year, and you're you're lucky to see them to get two out of ten. I mean, to start the season off. That's for my lokes, obviously, because we have Texas Rangers fans out here. Uh, but my God, lightning in a bottle down there in Texas? What the hell's going on? Yeah, exactly. So. But, no, I mean, I think we covered just about everything. It was a hell of a show, um, you know, we had, and I had a hell of a good time doing it. So, uh, But, you know, the other thing I wanted to just kind of kind of take a stab at was uh, all these you know, reports about Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy this past week. So uh, we can always oh, get into was, that it, next it, week. Yeah, I, I yeah I think we should because I want to do a little bit. I I actually got a theory I'm working on as far as that because when I first heard this whole thing, you know, I, I went one direction and then of course as I pumped the brakes a little bit, quite a while, I started thinking, which in turn is never a good thing. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, that that being said, of course, you know. Uh, where they are and what's going on is huge for them. By the way, I say Texas Rangers, they're, they're playing well. They're losers of the last two. So just so that you know, they were five and two at one point. They just lost two in a row. So, but, um, but, oh, but I am going to put it out there. So we will talk about that next week. That'll be on the agenda. So we do know about that, but that's just what we're going to talk about where we'll go with it. That will be, uh, remain to be seen. We'll see that on Sunday. But I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, I texted you the other day while I was in Arizona. And I don't know if you remember the text. I think you do. I watched the Chicago Cubs play baseball. 
And I want to tell you right now, I have never seen, and, and, and listen, I've watched a lot of baseball in my time. Now, granted, have I lost, watched as much as I can? No. But I'm going to tell you right now, that was the most pathetic baseball game I have ever seen coming out of the Chicago Cubs. It was it was horrifying. It was like that it was like that traffic wreck that you just can't stop watching because you're going god how much worse could happen. And that you know the game I'm talking about Cuervo. The errors everywhere. You're talking about your your Chicago Cubs. They are 2 and 6 out on the season. And it, so are you giving them a slide because it's early in the season or do you want to beat them up because those performances after those starters, you got guys down the triple A going, I couldn't make this baseball team. What the hell is this shit? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to give them a pass, uh, but it is only nine games, eight games into the season. So I don't want to read too much into it, Sonny, but um, I hey, think. They did win if... yesterday. Congratulations. Hey, oh, yeah, well, win the season. <laughs> well, the the bullpen, the, yeah, the bullpen did give up four runs as well. They damn so. near lost it. Yeah. But, hey, but that's Milwaukee. Yeah. That you want to talk about a baseball team? That I mean, geez, always. You want to talk about coming from left field last year? Well, maybe I shouldn't have said that because there were a lot of play, you know, so-called quote-unquote experts expected what we got out of Milwaukee last year. But I'm going to tell you right now, I know the history of the Milwaukee, you know, the Milwaukee franchise, and it's nothing that to write home to mama about. Um, so, you know, yeah. Milwaukee Brewers, I mean, and Minnesota, actually another uh, another baseball team that, you know, you know, figures out how to win, fo- you know, baseball games right now. So, you know, I, I like to see different names at the top of it, Cuervo. I mean, you know, with Texas, you know, winning some games and then, of course, making me look stupid because they lost their last two. But Minnesota on the top uh, over there, you know, Tampa Bay usually gets out of the gates really quick and before someone shoots them in the ass about midseason, then they start falling off. But, you know, Boston's 2-8. and eight. And Come on, Boston's 2-8, and eight, Cuervo. The Yankees are at, at 500, which is average for them. So I'm not worried about the Yankees. But Boston at 2-8, and eight, oh, my God. Yeah, it's weird. It's like all the all the top team baseball teams are off to a slow start. I don't understand it, but um, that's, what you, that's what we've got in Major League Baseball so far. I mean, it's like, you know, but the Phillies are on fire. Arizona Diamondbacks are, are playing yeah, Philly. Mm-hmm. pretty good. Yep. So it's like I don't know. It's just it's almost like for some baseball teams they're in this they're in the twilight zone or something because they're just it's just not happening. It's not. They, they, I mean, they're off to a bad start. Yeah, so I wonder weird. what needs to happen fun. for some of these teams. You know, they come to Jesus time. You know, for yeah. you know, for the your Boston Red Sox, or the Boston Red Sox. I mean, when is the come to Jesus going to happen to that football, that baseball team? I mean, you, you can't go on like that. I mean, you know, you've you got some teams that are there, but I mean, teams that really shouldn't be where they are right now. But then again, I mean, but but I'm looking at the whole thing, you know, as a whole. And you, you look at the big trades that happened in the off season, and then you got San Diego doing what they are doing, which is, you know, the the fact of the matter is they spent a lot of money uh, on one player. They're six and three right now, you know, still looking good, you know, and winners of their last three. I mean, so you know, maybe maybe 
maybe for a closet Padre fan that I really am, because I'm a Steve Garvey guy, okay? I go back, and I know Garvey paid for a different team, but that's when I really liked Garvey when he played for the Padres. Don't ask me why. Uh, so I've been kind of like a closet Padre team for a team to really go out there and try to do something. And they're 6-3, and three, and they're winners of their last three games. I mean, so it's nice to see those names up at the top. And you always get that at the beginning of the season. The question is, is will they maintain it? I mean, geez, a lot, of, a lot of baseball to be played. Well, and that's why I don't want to read too much into the season right now. I mean, yeah, the Cubs are, what, 3-7 and, and seven or 2-7, and seven, whatever it is. but 2-6 and six you know, for the Cubs. Yeah. When are you going to panic? When are you going to start panicking for for the Cubs? I would say maybe around thirty. If let's say they're ten and twenty, yeah, at, at the thirty game. Thirty mark. games in. Okay. Yeah, and, and they, you know, and they're and they're ten wins, twenty losses. That's when I'm going to be like, okay, what the hell's going on? And yep. Joe Mack is going to hear from me. So, you know. So well, here's what Joe I'm going to do, Cuervo. Just so that you know, because we need to educate ourselves a little bit better. I mean, listen, I, I don't want to brag. We know football. It's it's just our niche. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Normally, Sonny Clark does not bring guests on this show, but I am going to try to bring in the godfather of fantasy sports on this show maybe a couple of times this summer. Lenny Melnick. I mean, listen, there ain't nobody. And listen, I've been listening to, I have been listening to baseball talk for many, 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 not only that many years, but not only Lenny Melnick, I'm going to try to bring in Andrea, his wife as well. She is the best. And, and listen, this is not me pumping her up. She is the best female baseball fantasy player in the world, not just in the United States, guys in the world. If there's any two people that know about baseball more than them, I'll tell you you're a liar because you don't know anywhere close as much as these two, regardless whatever you want to talk about MLB experts on the major stations. The best two are out there is Lenny and Andrea. And if you get the opportunity, you got to check out their show. They got a great show, and especially during baseball season, you're a baseball nut, you need to listen to the Lenny Melnick show along with Andrea. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 100 honest with you right now. I had I never knew that those two were married. Did not know they that. They just got married. They just got married. I didn't just even know they were in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. Even so know that. there you go. Yeah, so there you go. Hey, you learn something every day. But yes, the yeah. the, the married couple. The, so, the, 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 Say whatever you the king the king and queen of fantasy football is right there. Or Godfather or Godwife whatever you want to do, but, you know, King Queen of Fantasy uh, Baseball is definitely Lenny Melnick and Andrea, definitely. So if, if I remember correctly, Lenny is a Yankee fan and Andrea is a Red Sox fan. How does and that She work? has changed that a little bit. She's more of a Washington fan. I, I think she still has the, you know, the want for them, to, but I think she's more of a Washington Nationals fan in reality. Um, probably maybe a little bit more so than Boston, but she'll root for them. So I think she's changed her allegiance a little bit over the years, um, and I think she fell for the um, for the hype that is the Washington uh, Nationals when they grabbed up that young pitcher who never really panned out to be uh, Ryan Strasburg. Is that his name, Strasburg? Steven, yeah, I yeah, think that's Steven when she Strasburg. fell in love with the Nationals. Yeah. Wow. 
exactly where I was when the announcement came out on Ryan Strasberg. I remember exactly where I was. Now, granted, if I heard it later or whatever the case may be, but I remember when I first heard about it, and I was driving down the back roads in Queen Creek, Arizona, you know, headed home, you know, at that time. So when I heard that, uh, you know, that, that they picked them up, um, but that was years ago. That was Ryan Strasburg. Uh, and this is a team that has been trying to improve year after year by getting the big names and things like that. And so far, it hasn't been successful enough for him to be really successful in the playoffs. But, you know, it was a great story and it was a great read at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, I don't remember where I was when Strasburg, you know, got the call up or whatever. But I still remember – you know, when he first came up, and I mean, he he was on fire. His first start was, was absolutely one of the most memorable ones that I remember. And uh, you know, but but then all his injuries and all that stuff. And I wonder what I wonder if he's even still pitching or what happened with him. Cause I haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll check into that. So we'll talk about that next week. What happened to Strasburg? I know they got a great pitching rotation last three years, so we'll look at that. And if we can, I'll try to bring in Lenny. I know he does the show on Sunday morning. We might have to grab him up a little bit later, so we'll find that out. So we'll do that. We'll try to get a hold of Lenny Melnick. Again, I only want guests that are going to tell us like it is, and we're going to get that with Andre and Lenny. So they're more than welcome to come on as a show. But ESPN analysts, we're never going to do it because they're just going to BS us all the way through. So. That's going to do yep. it for us on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we made it out for two and a half hours and then some. Join us next Sunday on the Couch Potato Sports Show. For that being said, our 10th season, it'll be our 8th episode. Guys, look out. We're on a roll. We're moving into the NFL season. We'll talk a little bit more baseball next week as well. That's going to do it for us, everybody. Have a great day. Cuervo, have a great Sunday. You watching WrestleMania today? Uh, probably not. I couldn't bring you in. By the way, you know, get an opportunity to take a look as far as that's concerned. Uh, Bret Hart got attacked at the Hall of Fame induction last that. night. Yeah, that so, that's, yeah, that, that's huge. Tell you so. what, hey, Sonny, it, it wouldn't be the WWE if Bret Hart didn't get screwed over. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's being screwed over in Montreal or attacked at a Hall of Fame induction ceremony, Bret Hart takes exactly. the hit. Why not? <laughs> yep. That's going to do it. Yep. So I'm going to enjoy WrestleMania. Everybody have a great one. We're out here. Take care. Bye-bye.